911, what's your emergency? Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Dispatch, a 911 podcast. I'm your host Rachel, aka Burn That Bridge, and I'm thrilled that in this episode I'm bringing you the first ever group call. So joining me today to talk about season 5 and our hopes for season 6 are Bex, aka Girl Dad Buddy, Frida, aka Leothil, and Steph, aka That's Very Ood. I'm so excited for you all to listen to our chat because we had such a great time making it. But as always, before I let you listen to the call, I have some housekeeping stuff to talk about. So first things first, as always, there will be links in the show notes to everything that we talk about, including the recommendations given at the end of the episode. I had a lot of fun with recommendations because in this episode I allowed myself to give some as well. Because there are so many links, I have not been able to get the full show notes in the podcasting platforms, but there will be a link to the full show notes, which are on Tumblr. In the show notes, there are a set of timestamps, so you know where to skip to if you want to listen to a particular discussion. In this episode, there are warnings for discussion of canon-typical injury and death, of addiction and relapse, and of discussion of dubious consent with regards to the Buck Lucy kiss. If you would like timestamps for when these discussions take place, please just get in touch and I can let you know them. You can get in touch, as always, by emailing dispatch911podcast at gmail.com or by sending an ask or a DM to the Dispatch Podcast Tumblr, and that is just Dispatch Podcast or you can send an ask or a DM to my Tumblr, which is Burn That Bridge. I appreciate any and all feedback, and I would love to hear from you. Just before I let you listen to the call, I would like to say that this is going to be the last episode of the podcast for a little while. As we are all aware, the show is coming back uh, a week today based on when this episode is going to be released, or a week and one day for me when I'm recording this. I'm very, very excited about that, that the show is coming back off hiatus, but because of that, the podcast is going to be going on hiatus for a bit. And I wanted to take this opportunity to say a huge, huge thank you to everyone who has listened in, who has shown their support, who has messaged me with feedback, who has reblogged or liked posts about the podcast on Tumblr. Really, truly, I could not have expected the level of engagement that this podcast has had and the amount of joy that producing it uh, has brought me. So thank you so much for that. And I also want to say an extra special thank you to all the guests who have been on the podcast. So to Chris, to Rebecca, to Sybil's Leaves, to Jess, to Bex, to Frida and to Steph thank you, thank you, thank you. I could not have made this podcast without you. So that's all from me for now. And here is the madness that was a four-person group call. So welcome to the first ever group interview episode of the Dispatch podcast. I'm absolutely thrilled to have 
three guests with me today. So I've got Frida or Leothil, as you might know her from Tumblr. I've also got Bex or Girl Dad Buddy and Steph or That's Very Oud. We were just having a chat about the uh, pronunciation of usernames. So I apologize in advance (laughs) or I apologize in advance. And I also apologize now if I said any of that wrong. But I'm going to go around and give you guys all an opportunity to introduce yourselves anyway, so you can correct me. So to get us started, I was going to ask if, as I say, we can introduce ourselves um, and also talk about how we got into the 911 fandom. So just a recap for anybody uh, that hasn't seen the introduction episode. I got into the 911 fandom sort of in August last year. I started watching the show in September last year. But before that, I had read a huge amount of fan fiction. And then I kind of binge watched everything up to, I think, episode two of season five between mid-September and when episode three of season five aired. And then from then on, I was watching it uh, live. That's just a very quick overview of how I got into it because I have spoken about it on the podcast before. But uh, you guys feel free to give a bit more detail about your introduction to the show. So Frida, if you could get us started, give us a bit of an introduction to yourself and let us know how you got into 911. Yeah, hi. So yeah, I'm Frida or uh, Leothil on Tumblr. Um, come from Finland. So if I have an obnoxious accent at any time, that's the reason. So yeah, I actually have a very similar story to you, Rachel, that I started getting into it in like August, September 2021. Um, so... I'm good friends with Emma or Clusterbuck as she's currently on Tumblr and uh, she got into the show at like right at the end of season four and started writing fan fiction for that and we're in a big friend discord together we got to know each other actually through another fan discord uh, shout out to, shout out to Mike Schubert for that so uh, when she started posting her her fanfics there I was like well I'm gonna check this out because I'm a good friend, I want to read what my friends write. And I have a timestamp message from, I think it's uh, 5th of June, where I've written that, Emma, I read your fanfic and now I have feelings about a show I don't even watch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but then it like went the whole summer, I was just like vibing, doing other stuff. And then in August, I think I kind of started dipping my toes back into Tumblr. I started, you know, seeing GIF sets, uh, seeing edits, uh, seeing fan theories floating around. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> Maybe this is the way to go. So I started reading fan fiction other than Emma's. And I think the first one that I really, really fell into was uh, HMS Lusitania's uh, Close My Eyes and Stumble Right Into Your Love, which is a rewrite of season one where Eddie is the dispatcher that Buck starts talking oh, to. So good. It's so good. Love that one. And uh, yeah, that was the first one that I really would just was like, okay, this is getting serious now. Like, this is gonna get me falling head first. <laughs> and uh, so that was towards the end of September, I believe. And uh, so then I started watching the show and I caught up so that I can't remember if it was 504 or 505. That was the first episode that I watch like as live as you can when you're on Eastern yeah. European time. It's like the European urge to sleep versus the European urge to watch at 3 a.m. <laughs> and uh, since then I, I watched live and just <laughs> read way too much fan fiction. I think I complained <laughs> that I haven't read a proper book since probably September 2021. I used to read so much and now I only read fan fiction. Uh, RIP to me. 
Oh, I get that. <laughs> That's quite similar to me. I, I feel like I was reading a reasonable amount of books and I think I even have, like, I think probably for 2021, I set one of those read 50 books on Goodreads uh, goals. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I read a, I think I might have read like one or two books in 2021 because before I got into 911, I was very, very into The Falcon and the Winter Soldier and that consumed my life very quickly. And then, mm. but now I'm trapped. 911 has completely trapped me and I can't get out. So I'm the same. I haven't read any books. I don't, I have not read a single book this year. Uh, and I definitely didn't read any <laughs> after February last year. So. <laughs> yeah, I think I had, uh, I had my goal on Goodreads for 2021 at like 60 books or something like that, because I managed that perfectly fine in 2020. And I was on track until September 2021. And then it just fell off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm just checking actually I'm 15 books behind my schedule for my goal for 2022 so um, that's going well <laughs> there should be like a timeline like pre and post 911 oh, yeah. <laughs> like, this is where I was before this is where I am now <laughs> definitely so Bex do you want to tell us about how you got in- well introduce yourself for us and then tell us how you got into the show yeah hi everyone my name is Bex uh, girl dad buddy in on tumblr so I started, or I got caught up in the 911 uh, fandom. It wasn't very much of a fandom. So it was right after the season two Christmas episode went on, like aired, and then it went on hiatus. So I actually stumbled upon it around February of 2019. Yeah, 2019. Oh, and wow. um, it was through YouTube. I was just like looking you know, looking through different stuff. And then on my recommended came this like small clip of these two guys. And like, it was like this Christmas fair. And it was like, like, I think it just said like buddy 911. And I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> um, so I go and click on that. It's a very short video and it's taken a little bit out of context. I didn't know that at the time. I wasn't to watch the show, <laughs> but like it had, it had, of course, you know, like the Christmas fair part where um, the elf was like, you guys, you know, you have a lovely family. Or you guys have an adorable son. Oh gosh, I'm like totally missing adorable son. Yeah. Right now. Adorable son. Ooh, there we fake go. fan elf. Uh, I know, right? The Christmas um, elf. The Christmas elf. She is like lore in our fandom at, the, Iconic. at this moment. Um, she's like a god to us. But anyway, so that's in the video. And then also the part, remember whenever, well, of course you do, but um, <laughs> when uh, Buck introduced um, Eddie to Carla. Yes. And he's like, I have someone to introduce to you. And then the video ended with him. It's like cut. And he, it just says me. And I was like, is that really how it ends? Like, and he <laughs> says, I have someone to introduce you to me. And I was like, oh my God, like that is, this is such a great ship. Is that really happening on network TV? I hadn't heard anything. Anyway, so that's February. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to find this show. I have to watch it. And I go and I Google and it's like, of course it's on hiatus. It's not coming back until I think it was that like later on that March. Um, so I'm like, all right, well, I gotta, I have to watch what's out. And of course it's not on Hulu yet, if I'm not mistaken. So I had to buy the first season on Amazon and then the additional episodes up to, um, to 10. So I watched that. So I started with season one and the whole entire, of course, like everybody else the whole entire time, I'm like, wait, I'm missing one of the guys. Like, where is he? <laughs> Where's the brunette? And I kept on going back to that video being like, what's his name again? <laughs> like I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't recall it. So he wasn't there. And I'm like, what is happening? Why is Connie <laughs> Britton on this show? Like, <laughs> I have like no recollection of this. So, and 
like I, you know, I fell in love with it. Um, I did think that Buck was a total punk in the beginning. I was like, who is this kid? And, and of course I saw Angela Bassett was on the show and I was like, oh my gosh, they got Angela Bassett on the show. So anyway, yeah. So I watched that and then I watched your season, the first part of season two, and that was incredible. And then whenever I started back up in, um, in March, I, I started watching it live. So yeah, it just kind of stuck me in. I didn't join. I was on Tumblr for another fandom for a very long time. I took a hiatus, um, from it and, in the summer after season two, I was like, I need to find this fandom. Like, I I love this show. It's so incredible. Like, I need to know, you know, what is going on. So I think at around like May or June, I created Tumblr all over again. And literally my my URL before this was, um, oh my God, we're back again. Because I'm like, <laughs> can't believe I'm doing this <laughs> another time. Um, and it's so fortunate and so great to hear that you guys like, and, and a lot of people have gotten in recently and have gone in through fan fiction, because let me tell y'all something. When I joined this fandom, there were like 160 fix. Oh, wow. 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 And I was reading it every day. Like AO3, I'm like refreshing. And I'm like, what are the new ones? What are the new ones? Like <laughs> there was nothing. And it was all like anywhere from, I think at most it was like 1200 words. And like the average was around like eight to 900 words. And Amazing. so fortunate that kept me alive, not going to lie. But <laughs> also it was, it was a dark time. Um, and now <laughs> we've got some amazing writers. I mean, not that we didn't have amazing writers before. Um, and also like there wasn't a whole lot of contact to go off of at that time. Um, but we're really in a really great time right now for Fix. So I'm so, I'm so thankful. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of my journey. It's so great to hear from folks who are in the fandom like early because yes. I feel like a lot of people did get in really recently and obviously I got mm -hmm. in like super recently. So uh, it's like, it's interesting to hear how it went. And I love hearing from people who saw season one with less. I know you had seen obviously buddy scenes before you watched season one, but you obviously watched it with less of the background. Like I read so much fan fiction. Season one was like a <laughs> such a bizarre experience for me because I both knew what was going to be in it because I'd read so much fan fiction, but also was like flabbergasted that Abby was like the main, main starting character yeah. in like episode yes. one. I was like, what? I was yeah. like, I'm not your book's ex-girlfriend that I haven't really seen at all in like anything. Yeah, so. and I I also had the same reaction like because I knew Buck through fan fiction. Like I could tolerate him much better in season one than I probably would have yeah. otherwise. Yeah. And uh, I can see that in, I'm currently trying to get my sister to watch the show and she's been like, well, sure, but I won't get as into it as you are. And I'm like, that's fine. I just, I think you'd like it. Let's watch it <laughs> together. So we watched uh, season one together over the summer while we were at our summer cottage and um she had a really hard time with Buck in the beginning. I was like, no, once you know him, he's really sweet and he's my baby boy and you just don't get it yet. But I, I perfectly just get that he is such a little bitch in season one in many times. It took me like three episodes. I remember like I watched a couple of like these compilation videos that were really small and I, I was just like, Oh, like, I just want to like hug him and he just wants to be loved. And it was just like, you know, and the, I like, I was so tender towards him. And then I'm like, 
I know it's a compilation video, like things are kind of, you know, cut up. So like, it's, you know, it's portraying a narrative, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm watching the show and I'm like, who is this kid? Like, what (laughs) is happening? Like, don't worry, I've come around. I freaking love Buck with my whole entire ass. Um, But um, (laughs) yeah, like it was my sweet baby angel. Yes, he really, really is. But it's changed. It's just, it's the fandom has changed so much, like in a great way. There's like... The voices are, you know, there's definitely a whole lot more, but I guess the voices are more confident. They're more like almost smarter. I, I don't know. I don't know why. Like there's like when new things come out, my brain just goes like 404 error screen. Like I can't think <laughs> of anything. And there's all these like smart posts. And I'm like, how are you even making complete sentences right now? I'm just like, you know, I'm like dying over this like last bit of information that we just got. I can't even process it yet. So um that's been really, really great to see, to see that growth um, and, and see it advance from there. So, yeah. How did it feel being in the fandom and then seeing it get bigger? Was it like it was gradual that it got bigger or was it quite small and then all of a sudden it kind of like exploded like after the shooting happened, basically? <laughs> I would have yeah, expected. There, there were definitely like two kind of like big moments where I could see an influx of people. It was right after the tsunami arc Okay. And right after the shooting, first I think after the shooting that summer, that's when the big huge um, growth happened. But there was a considerable growth right after the tsunami arc um, got done. So right after episode episode three is when I saw more people. I want to say, like if I can like recall back in my brain, after Rage, I remember thinking, "Wow, there's a lot more people on here than I thought there were." And like, you could just kind of like see, not necessarily, I mean, we all have things to say about how Tumblr is being used for like notes and reblogs and likes and all that kind of stuff. So like, sometimes you don't see the fan interaction there. So there's a lot more likes than there are reblogs, but there were more people there. Like the number was a little bit bigger. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, and of course the fan fiction definitely did grow. <laughs> Thank Christ. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild to imagine that like, did you say there was like 150 fix or something when you were first? Like, yeah, 160. I'll never forget it. Oh, like I'm wow. just like, <laughs> I'm like 161, 162. I literally was refreshing. What it are we at? Time. We're in like, six, we're on, we're in like, oh, we're in the thousands. The thousands, um, oh, yeah, like yeah. thousands Easily. and thousands. I was going to say we're like, yeah. at least we must be, are we like a th- hundred times that amount that you were at there? I think. We yeah, I believe be, so. At 16,000 like, I was going to say 16,000, I feel like is the number I saw yeah. the other day, like around there. Wow. So a hundred times yeah. the amount of fan fiction to when you started reading. Amazing. Yeah. And a lot of that happened in the last, in the last like year and a half. Mm-hmm. Like the mm-hmm. majority of that. Because when I, st- I started reading, I think there was 9,000. I think I-, I might be wrong, but I feel like when I started reading, there was like, an, it was like nine or 10. I feel like I saw the 10,000 get passed. So that is incredible growth just in a short amount of time as well. So mm-hmm. you could see it also on the like list that have come out of like most popular pairings on AO3, like Buddy just shut up there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish I have like a line graph or something that where you could see like the exponential growth. <laughs> we could probably plot that from AO3. Like we could definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to add another thing to my to do list, but no. I'm like, mm. <laughs> but anybody who wants just to take on that there. homework, please do. Yeah, we'll put yeah, it out we'll there. We'll it. <laughs> Yes, we have we data, data people in the fandom. <laughs> That's true. 
<laughs> I, feel, I feel like I should do something. I'm an no, engineer. Frida, Frida, you're not being you're not being a volunteer, Frida. It's okay. We're 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 crowdsourcing this from the listeners. So, yeah. <laughs> if you weren't on this podcast episode, if you hadn't been a guest, you'd have had to volunteer. But because you're on today, then it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. It's like the way that we give out like prompt lists. It's like this is things we would like to see. <laughs> yeah. So that's great. And that's so cool, as I say, to hear from somebody who was in it for longer, because I feel like most, not everybody, but most of the folks I've spoken to have been like similar kind of timescale to me in terms of when they got in into the fandom. So that's great. So Steph, do you want to give us an intro to yourself and give us your introduction to the fandom? Yeah. So uh, hi, everyone. I'm Steph, or that's very oud on uh, Tumblr. Um, so I'm going to preface this by saying that I have been in fandom for a long time, but my long fandom was Supernatural <laughs> and Destiel. And that kind of, <laughs> and that kind of ties into how, how I, I felt about 9 and 1 and, and everything, uh, to start with. So <laughs> feel free to cut the backstory of Destiel stuff, but like, I've no, been no. in that fandom. I want the backstory. <laughs> I I've been in that I've been watching Supernatural since it aired on and off at at first and then I got really into the fandom in season four I wonder why um and uh I think I stopped watching around season nine but you know like I was in it for a while I kept up with it. I was still on Tumblr for a little while after that it's like the fandom that definitely changed my life the most um for you know good and bad and it's also one of it's my longest ship that I've had that uh, actually ended up a cannon, especially. Um, and so, the uh, way that it ties back is uh, back in 2018, my sister started watching 911, and I remember she told me um, around probably around the same time Bex is like you were watching because she was uh, she was like, oh man, these two guys on on this show. I just started watching 911. <laughs> like it, you know, buddy. It's like a thing, and I like it's gonna happen. And I'm like, I've experienced Destiel for a few years now. Just you know, and I'm like, it's not. That's too, that's adorable. It's not. <laughs> and I think I looked at a picture that like she showed me a, a picture of them, and I was like. No, no, they look way too straight for like for like network television, you know, like I was just like, they're not going to do it. And so I remember she told me about it. She told me how much she liked it. She told me other stuff, too. Like, I remember I, I was just looking up on my phone. Um, I have a text from her that says, like, the woman of 911 are so powerful. And like in 2018, and I had no context. I was just kind of like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know so i just kind of didn't really pay attention to it and then november of 2020 uh destiel what a uh, time ugh, yeah that was <laughs> even time I'm not in the SBM fandom and even i know november 2020 like that's the reason i got back onto tumblr was because me that too. happened <laughs> me too i got back onto tumblr i logged back in after at least at least four years off of tumblr maybe a little longer maybe technically like five years i've been on tumblr since before it was a fandom website too <laughs> um so you were there for the aesthetics yeah <laughs> um well the hula hooping stuff that was my thing but i got back on tumblr november 5th 2020 because i needed to talk to people about it and uh 
There's actually a hilarious video of me finding out that Destiel went canon live on Twitch while I was playing Zoo Tycoon. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Which is uh, super fun to watch. Um, but <laughs> I love rewatching it because I'm just like asking all these questions that I now know the answers to. Um, and uh, I'm not going to be, you know, it's like poor future stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyways, I got back on Tumblr. I noticed people talking about you know, 911 and buddy stuff, especially it ramped up, I think, right after the shooting, when suddenly my whole dash was, I think that post that went uh, viral that was like, did they uh, destiel those poor gay firefighters or something <laughs> oh, like <yeah>. that? <laughs> and I looked it up. I was like, I was like, did they? I don't know. And I looked it up and I was like, no, how dare you? They did not destiel. I, <laughs> I even talked to my best friend about it who Within the supernatural fandom, but was not quite as into it as me. I was like, they did not Destiel it because you need at least like two of the three things that Destiel did, which is a death of one of the characters, a love confession, and then the dramatic, like, you know, separation of the two um, and it becoming canon. Like, that's the kind of, I guess, four things <laughs> that you need. And I was like, they didn't Destiel those gay firefighters, but. <laughs> I was intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, okay, actually that scene is really <laughs> as like, I mean, it blows me away still every time, just the way that it was shot and framed. I love that scene so much. It makes me cry uh, and scream. <laughs> and so uh, that was when I got sucked into the fandom and started just following some 911 uh, blogs and, uh, I think I started like dipping my toe into fan fiction and I asked my sister if she was still watching. She was like, yeah, I'm still watching. You know, I'm not like super into fandom uh, for it anymore, but, you know, I'm still watching. And I was just kind of like, OK, I'm going to be normal about this. I'm going to be very normal <laughs> about this. And famous then I just, ah, yes, yeah, the famous last words. <laughs> and then I just ended up diving like into so much fan fiction and my my Tumblr turned into it was all supernatural and 911 and then as the stuff you know the reaction from supernatural calmed down then it was just all 911 and I was like what happened I don't even watch this show I haven't watched a single episode yet but I kept reading fan fiction I kept looking at the gift sets I started watching clips on YouTube because that's a thing I usually do for shows that I don't intend to watch you know I just look up clips and watch scenes so I watched a lot of the show in clips at first. I watched the tsunami, a bunch of tsunami scenes, and um, just like a lot of different like iconic scenes from the show, and especially I guess Buddy. But there still is a lot of context that I didn't get for a while that I got from fan fiction. And then the first episode I actually watched in full uh, <laughs> is. The return, May 21st, of 2022, the return of season 5B. That was the first full episode. I watched it live. Wow. So really, oh, wow. yeah. So I was for like oh, about a year just reading fan fiction and watching clips and talking to. Oh, wow. I was talking my friend's ears off about it, but they were like not watching it. You know, <laughs> so they were just like, okay, okay. And they'd pat me on the head. Okay, Steph. Um <laughs> So I watched that <laughs> episode. <laughs> I watched that episode and I was like, oh no, here it goes. And the next thing I know, like the rest of May, 
I was watching episodes sporadically. I was not watching in order. I was just like, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this full tsunami arc. Now I'm going to go back to season two. Now I'm going to jump to season four. Oh, that it is was, chaotic. Stuff. It was so what? chaotic. Oh my God. I, I just can't imagine. <laughs> I've never been that chaotic watching a TV show. Like I can jump in late, but I'll still usually watch it in order. But something about 911 just made me unhinged, feral. Like, I'm just going to jump around and watch watch it like that. And so finally, I was like, oh, I should probably, like, watch season one. And I wanted to watch season one over 5A because of everything I had heard. And so I was like, okay. And I finally watched season one. And then I just kept watching through it. And it was the first time I watched. This was probably, like, in uh, June? So really not that long ago, like early June, I watched through season one to like season four and to season four, like properly in order. (laughs) So So that makes so much more sense because before we got, we started recording, you were like, oh yeah, I just went back and saw 5A. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) how did you go from here? That makes so much more sense. But I, I, the whole time I, I was watching uh five five b it was watch i was watching like all the episodes live for the rest of it and then you know that's kind of incredible yeah and like what was that like when did five b start it's in my calendar it was in march <laughs> it was yeah, in march march i can't 21st, remember the date but march I 20 i think it was 21st yeah march because I literally wrote it down in my calendar, even though I hadn't watched the show ever. Uh, I just was like ready to be on Tumblr. And then said I had the urge to watch it live. And so, yeah, so like from there to May, I was just watching episodes sporadically. And then finally I was like, I'm going to watch this in order. And then just like a few weeks ago that I watched 5A. <laughs> wow. But I did skip through some of the, the Taylor journey. scenes. I did skip through some <laughs> of the Taylor scenes. Yeah, yeah. We, won't hold you again. we won't hold it against you. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the solo Taylor scenes specifically. I was like, fast forward. Yeah. Um, but that's such yeah. a journey. That's that's amazing. Like, I'm so cool. That's I'm actually I'm very impressed. This was this was not planned, listeners. We I did not expect that we would have I didn't ask anybody what their journey was beforehand. So I didn't know that Frida had a very similar, like late stage entry as me, but uh sensible late stage entry no offense Steph (laughs) (laughs) or that and that Bex had started early or that Steph had just complete chaos (laughs) (laughs) that's the most chaotic like show I've ever done (laughs) Steph lost the map along the way and (laughs) she was just trying to retrace it from memory hoping for the best (laughs) my sister like tried I could have been you know where Bex was (laughs) watching but you know I wasn't at the time I was too involved with other stuff I don't even remember what I was into in 2018 because I wasn't on tumblr at the time so but it was probably stranger things (laughs) and um maybe it saved you the stress like I I remember season so the summer right before season three they had just made all the kids regulars so Gavin Mark uh, Mark Anthony um Corinne they just became regulars of the show and you're watching the tsunami arc live and Chris goes over the the fire truck and you're like, wait, they just made him a regular. They can't kill him, right? <laughs> like, and that was a whole sh- I knew like he lived. <laughs> but I still was like, oh my God. <laughs> like when I watched that episode. Or not even the episode, when I watched the clip the first time. 
<laughs> I knew he lived because fanfic had already informed me. It was mm, truly the most fair. chaotic I've ever been in my life for like <laughs> something like this. And um, but it was, you know, I wouldn't change a thing. I, I I'm incredibly impressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I had to piece some of it together on my phone. I was like, when when around was this and this and <laughs> So yeah, it was mostly this summer that I fully dived in and I was like, okay, not only have I read the fan fiction, I've now actually seen the show. (laughs) (laughs) I love that your sister tried to get you into it and you didn't. And then now like you're the one who's really into it. And she's still watching, but she's not like a big fan. She hasn't watched 5B. She like kind of just hasn't (gasps) had time and I am pushing her to watch (laughs) 5B. And she's like, I just, you know, she's got a lot going on in her life. It's fair. But, uh, you know, she had to move cross country in March. So I get it. Yeah. But I'm okay, also like, catch, catch up, please. <laughs> um, Need someone to talk, talk to about, about this. It. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, it's so funny because I, I could have been watching for longer. But Destiel, I think, is the reason that I didn't because I was just like, no, I don't want to deal with another ship that's not going to go canon and disappoint me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's such a, I've seen that take a lot from uh, both from people who are like aren't in the nine one one or the body fandom, and then from people who are in it but are like, nah, it's never gonna go canon. And then especially a lot from the people who cry queer baiting, which I have mm-hmm. a major bone to pick with those people. <laughs> mm. uh, so it's interesting to hear from someone who, who actually experienced experienced <laughs> the whole distill thing. Actual queer baiting. <laughs> yes. Supernatural. Yeah. Yes. Until like the last, uh, again, I just knew it from Tumblr. It still I just was like the last the scene, last episode. It that's was like, the thing. <laughs> I would go into a whole podcast episode, just a whole podcast, honestly, just about that. It's like, it's, it's the thing where they're like, you're, I don't know if someone made this post where it's like, uh, feel free to cut all like all my <laughs> random Destiel garbage <laughs> out. But like um, someone said, it's like the CW is telling you, like, here's a picture of this animal. And you're like, that's a dog. And they're like, no, it's not. And you're mm-hmm. like, yes, it is. And the whole time you're saying it. And then for like a split second, they're like, yeah, it's a dog. And you're like, I told <laughs> you. And then they're like, what are you talking about? Like they gaslight you. They're literally <laughs> gaslit a whole fandom. <laughs> like... <laughs> And maybe it's the way that we kind of like wrap because I mean, since we are in the buddy part of the, you know, part of the fandom um, that speaks, you know, to us and we're kind of in this bubble. But like, like 911 really is so much more than that, too. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you want to go into it because you you really want to see this like beautiful friendship bloom and grow and evolve and all that kind of stuff. But even around it, you've got such amazing characters that are yes. like being fully fleshed out. and that you know work with one another and like the thing that really hooked me like even though I saw the YouTube video of you know Buck and Eddie again I saw season one so <laughs> where's Eddie he's not here um so and even leading on to it because like by the end of like 210 you know Shannon gets reintroduced but really what took me back was Michael's story in season mm-hmm. one like I was like oh wow we're really gonna tell the story and it was like right off the bat in episode one mm-hmm. and you know, with Bobby and Athena getting together and after the earthquake, Bobby showing up and Michael, you know, taking him into the house. I was so taken aback yes. by this relationship. Yes, we just watched that episode with my sister. And uh, 
she she was really really touched by when Michael just came and was like no you Bobby you come in and yeah. like have dinner the kids are waiting to meet you she was like that's incredible like the to feel for like someone's new partner to be that welcomed into the family is absolutely incredible mm-hmm. and I I fully agree like 911 are so good at telling these stories around family and around found family and around friendship and I think that's what's like gets you into the show like you might come for a ship but then you stay for everything else that's 100% how how it went for me I came for buddy but I stayed for everything else yeah Yeah. and they're not reluctant to tell like tough stories around Mm. it you know like we we got to see the messy part of Athena coming to terms with what was going on you know of Michael also accepting fully Bobby into the family with some you know like back and forth you know it wasn't Mm -hmm like smooth sailing throughout the the whole entire way. And I think that that really speaks to like what the writers and creators are willing to do on this show. And that's what makes me really hopeful for not just buddy going canon, but for that story to be well told. Absolutely. Um, yeah. in whichever way it goes, because they're not afraid to kind of really get their hands dirty and, and tell an intricate story. It feels very human the yes. way they portray mm-hmm. everyone. Yes. It just... Good word. Yes. Yeah, it's just like the characters are just very human. And, you know, a lot of shows these days are not all shows, but, you know, a lot of them these days are just really going around the plot instead of around the character. And so I think that's why I love 911. It's just so character focused. Yeah, that's kind of you've you've kind of taken on one of my questions, which was going to be what was your what's your favorite thing about the show? So I think, but we've kind I think you've kind of answered that there because we've all kind of said, and I've certainly said before in other episodes that like my favorite thing is the sort of the family found family aspect in particular with regards to the relationship between specifically Michael and Bobby, um, because I love that dynamic and I'm very, very sad that we're not going to get that anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he needs a best friend. Find him another I best hope, friend. I hope that we get like ends of phone calls like yeah please, true. like we don't need the actor if you could just be like oh yeah like bobby was just talking to michael on the phone about something like that would give me life <laughs> that's a yeah. good idea I, we need we need a 911 writer to listen to this podcast so that we can <laughs> be like, please incorporate our uh hopes and dreams into we have good ideas deep my ear are you listening <laughs> but is there any other aspects so found family um and like the human aspect of the show as I guess what we've just kind of said there is our favorite parts. Is there anything else that you'd say is like a particular strong favorite with regards to aspects of the show? I really love that they touched on um, PPD, like with Maddie's storyline. Like I've had a couple of friends go through it and it was the most real thing that I think I've seen. They were really sensitive towards the topic, but didn't shy away from the messiness of it. And again, that that really applies to a lot of the storylines in 911. Like, they don't shy away from being messy, but also giving it, like Steph said, like there's a human element and they really work it out through, you know, this, this undercurrent of love, you know, and not just the love that you have for yourself and the love that you have for your family, but being able to lean on that love and support. Like you're not in this alone. Like Athena's famous, you know, famous words, like no one, uh, what is it? No one saves themselves alone or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. 
Um, I know, fake fan. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember quotes. <laughs> the longest. You are the longest standing fan here. So no, not fake I fan. Should know. <laughs> not everyone's I should know got the memory things. for you know words specifically. That kind of fair. Thing. But you guys get the spirit of the quote. Um, <laughs> but yes. but yeah. But the PPD storyline, the PTSD storyline with Eddie. But um, those really kind of like resonate. And I know that there's been other network TV shows like. Grey's Anatomy, right? Like you're going to have that trauma. They're going to talk through it. But, you know, thankfully they're not killing off our characters every other, you know, season. So um, I appreciate that it's not as dramatic as Grey's Anatomy. I would like to keep them around. But they still kind of like touch on those things, you know, like the whole racism um, storyline um, in season four with Michael and um, and Harry and May. Um, and even with Athena, with her being a cop, like, and I know that we've got some, with Athena's job and her being a cop, like some, you know, I guess controversial, not really controversial or unpopular opinions. Like I think we're all pretty much on the face. Yeah. Yeah. Quit your job. She really, and you know what? And I thought, and we'll talk about this in season five. And I thought after dumb luck, she really was whenever that kid got hit by the car, Mm -hmm. whenever they were stealing the stop sign, I was like, this is going to be Athena's thing. Now she's going to leave. You know, we're not quite there yet, but I think we're still going to get it anyway. um, (laughs) Hope and dreams. I just, hopes and dreams, fingers crossed. But yeah, no, I just really love that that they touch on those on those topics and they do it um, good service. Yes, I fully agree. Like the the way they portray mental health is so incredibly human in the show. They really give it the space and they show that not everyone will react the same way to like even if you have if if it is trauma or if it's depression or whatever. They really show that there's not one solution that will fit everyone. Like it's gotta be different reactions and different ways to to find your way back Mm -hmm. yeah i agree and even with the so i believe either one of the creators or one of the long-standing writers has gone through recovery like aa and has done the 12 steps because they they've done that storyline justice and it's been very well told it's been very accurate and it's been really awesome to see Bobby go through the ebbs and flow of that recovery because you're in that your whole entire life like that is part of your life you are in recovery and we'll talk about that as we talk about season five and our host for season six but that's been really great to see that you know it's it's not going to be easy like in dosed right you know when he mm-hmm. said he's like the thing is is that you know I liked it while I was in it I liked it you know what I mean and it's that's very real you yes. know what I mean that you it's just because you quit and you 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 know left that addiction and you're in recovery now doesn't mean that you're you know you're not susceptible to to fall again and it's knowing that you are susceptible to that that gives you the strength to be able to continue in recovery um so i i really want to give kudos to the writers or whoever it is on staff that um is telling part of that story because it has to be someone because it's so accurate yeah so i think that's the thing the show is very very impressive in the way it handles such a diverse set of characters and a diverse set of stories that they all have. So they must be getting, they must have a diverse group involved in the production in order to do it, as you say, to to do it so accurately and so sensitively. So it's a really, it's a really interesting thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. One of the the other things I really love about the show um, is I was trying to explain it to one of my friends as like my pitch for her to watch it. Essentially, I'm a sucker for time like shows or storylines where it shows the worst of humanity and the best of humanity like 
maybe even like at, you know at the same time um preferably ending on the best of humanity because you know yeah. happy note but um <laughs> just i think 911 does that really well with like oh that's just, the tsunami arc is my favorite because it's just so sad and beautiful at the same time like you know the the scene where um buck is like ties the the like fire hose across the trucks to like catch someone and then everyone else is trying to like kind of help each other um and it's just like those kinds of things like the beauty of of humanity it gets me every time and I start crying and uh that's you know why I love especially like the big arcs um like disaster arcs on on 911 because it just like the earthquake in season two like that got me <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just, yeah that's one of the things that also um I love the drama of it because we get to to have that drama but I don't like uh Beck said I don't lose my favorite characters like on Grey's Anatomy <laughs> although I am still sad <laughs> when minor characters die sometimes you know yeah 911 definitely has the skill to make us love a character in about 2.5 seconds yeah and then to kill them <laughs> <laughs> you know so it you definitely does know, happen you get so too. emotional no yeah the way they make you care about the like random side characters it's absolutely incredible like you see them for two minutes and you're like that's my best friend now <laughs> yeah yeah like cj <laughs> you remember cj, CJ from... yeah i would or carson yeah. yes Who... yes oh yeah. yeah oh yeah from um carson the electrician yes <laughs> from mayday from mayday yeah oh yes Oh, I was thinking yeah, of the yeah, coffee, yeah. the coffee guy. Oh, the coffee guy! He's yeah. one of my faves. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> Wait, is the one that got hit on the throat? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the thing is that you don't know. Also, if they're like, it can turn so quickly. I thought he was gonna die. I felt so confident, like before, right before his accident happened, that he was gonna mm-hmm. die, because just I was like, oh no, things are like, you know, I don't know, things are looking up for him, and it's, it's not gonna go well. We don't like kill our gays on this show. The escalator, <laughs> the escalator scene with the, oh, the couple. Oh my gosh. That yes. broke my heart. I didn't think that they were gonna actually kill him, even though I actually knew because <laughs> I I had like heard about this. Like I was like, no, no, because they said like the guy got pulled into the escalator and then died. And I was like, no, 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 that they, they must be talking about a different episode where some guy got pulled into. But they killed him. And I it yeah. was you never know. I feel that like they do so... really good at that. They, the yeah. tonal shift there was so good. And also tied in with the music too. Like whoever's doing mm. the music on the show, like, oh yeah, deserves an Emmy on, <laughs> on its own. Um, yeah. It really just like pulls on you. Oh yeah. It's so good. I haven't been able to find like, I mean, I'm not a music theory person, but I haven't been able to like notice too many themes in like terms of characters, but like the music really pulls it at my heartstrings so yes. well. Mm. We'll talk about that probably also when we speak about season five. But uh, I like the moment when they started replaying or like playing "Carry You" again. Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> oh. oh save my God. commentary. <laughs> yes. Save commentary for in like however much time it will be before we get on to talk about season five. You but can't like, see that I'm also doing. Favorite mo- music moment on the show. <laughs> yeah, you can see it, but everyone, just... everyone was cl- clutching at, the, at their ch- chests here. Yeah. Everyone clutched, just clutched their. If heart. we had pearls, we would be clutching. Them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
So before we talk about season five, um, I just want to, I was going to say briefly, but there's no way it's going to be brief. Um, I, but I want to ask you a couple of the tricky questions that I always ask. Um, so first question is favorite character. As I've said before, Buck is my favorite character. And I don't find that a hard question. I feel bad about not finding it a hard question, but Buck is, I love everybody, but I still can easily say Buck is my favorite character. <laughs> I have the same, uh, except Eddie. It's okay. like, I love everyone, I, but I, without question, I could just be like, Eddie. <laughs> like, I love Buck, but I think I relate to him a little too much to have him be my favorite character. I, ha- I have the same, yeah, like, because I feel like Buck is the one that I can kind of project onto these, mm-hmm. is, like, just uh, emotionally. And then Karen is my best friend. Like Karen is me. Oh, Karen. <laughs> Karen is an, as an engineer, and I'm just, her line of like, I'm an engineer, Michael. I know lots of guys. I was just doing the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen. Yes. I was like, yes, that's me. That's I. I related to that so hard. So, uh, but yeah, I have to say Eddie as well. Like I had to do some soul searching and be like, okay, is it just because I'm like ridiculously attracted to him? But no, it's um, it's Eddie. He's my fave. Yeah, I vacillate between Buck and Eddie. I I relate to Eddie so much. So there's, especially through 5B, there's a part of me that really loves him because I just want to grab a blanket and just like wrap it around him and just like give him a big hug and be like, it's going to be okay. It's rough, but it's going to be okay. Um, so I think, and, and, and Buck, you know, wears his emotion on his sleeve. So like, I want to kind of like protect that on him as well. So like, I, you know, I kind of go back and forth. Um, Every once in a while, Bobby sneaks in. But I think overall, <laughs> uh, kind of like Rachel said, like, you know, you have like an overarching kind of favorite. Um, I'm I'm going to say more recently and more often, I tend to lead, lean more towards Eddie. Okay. So it's, I'm, it's like <laughs> Buck and then all of the Eddie's. <laughs> it's the, the Eddie Girly podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows, maybe next season it'll be Buck because Buck, I think, is going to go through it. Ooh. I'm a Buck coded Eddie girl. This is the thing. I'm a Buck coded Eddie girl. <laughs> but I, I love all the characters. Like, yes. I don't, I think this is one of the like few shows I've seen where I love all the, the like, characters like the the leads and the minors like characters for the most part like like I don't think I find any of the the big 118 fandom like annoying or just like I tolerate them like I love them all like Mm -hmm. you're all my best friends I think the only other show that I feel that way is Sensei (laughs) Mm. so it's it's like you are all my best friends and I want to take care of you and I and I feel like I actually care about you as if you are real people, which they are to me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Keep them in our hearts. They're real yes. in our hearts. So yes. <laughs> okay, cool. So that's favorite character. Favorite episode. Who wants to go first? <laughs> One episode? <laughs> uh yeah, I I was agonizing over this actually because I suspected <laughs> you would ask favorite episode, but um I had to go through and just like look at the list of episodes and be like, okay, okay, like, and uh, I landed on Eddie Begins. Mm, that's good. <sighs> Probably like that was also when I was like, okay, yeah, Eddie is my favorite character, and I think his Begins episode is my favorite episode as well. I will yeah. always fight to come back to my family to come home <laughs> to my family. Oh God! And the whole Christopher Metal like situation, like coming back and forth. Um, yeah, no, I, yeah. I feel that. I think that's the episode I've rewatched the most. <laughs> that's fair. Oh, the Eddie Begins one? The, yeah. 
the one I've seen the most is actually my favorite one as well. And it's stuck. Um, my beloved, uh, from season two. Um, is a very strong contender. Also, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also because I want Gloria Estefan, uh, to, uh, to adopt me and become my godmother. She's the <laughs> one that fair. sings the opening song and I actually grew up with that song. Um, so I used to hear it around the house when my mom would clean on Saturdays. Um, so whenever I, whenever I first watched that episode and that song was playing, I was like, oh my God, it's Gloria. <laughs> and so I think I'm partial to it also because of that. But it's just a great, just a great foundation. You get some good buddy content. You got Maddie in there. You've got, I mean, like the whole entire like family and they all pull through to be able to help Eddie and Christopher's there. And it's just, <laughs> and the guy so in good. the escalator, sadly. I always forget, but that's a call in stuck. Yeah. Yep. That, that is, is a call in stock. Yep. Because you are stuck. right. Yep. Yep. You're right. Oof. Uh, yeah. I just yeah. re watched it with my sister and I had completely right. forgotten that that call was there. And I was like, this is one of my favorite episodes. And then that happened. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. This is heartbreak. So, in that, you know, you have the callback to like Chimney and like what happened in season one. So, you're right. Yeah. That, yeah. that the escalator scene. So, you've got, I mean, you got a good variety of everybody up in there. Yeah. That's a good episode. I love the beginning too because I'm I'm Latina, so I also am like, just when I see that Eddie, I'm just like, yeah, speak more Spanish. His abuela. It's, it's <laughs> such a sweet beginning. Yeah. And then also it's, it's really the episode cute. where we get bucks. Like, uh, how long do I I have to wait to be happy? Yeah. <sighs> oh, the yeah. guy in the ATM machine. I don't know who Abby is, but I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I think. The tsunami arc is my favorite. Like, it's hard, but you know, like those two episodes with yeah, I guess the I'll end allow, of, I'll allow that. <laughs> I'll yeah. allow a, a pair of episodes for you there. <laughs> yeah, the tsunami arc. It just gets me just from like the um, you know, the um, dramatic side of it, the emotional, like human, humankind <laughs> side, and then also just like buck and and christopher's relationship just absolutely transforming and you know i think i read a quote that um some something like um oliver stark was talking to was it tim or maybe one of the writers or directors on that it was a director yeah yeah where he was like would he jump in that's basically like you know suicide for him to just jump back into the tsunami to search for uh for chris and he's like yeah it's like his kid like he would yeah, I would and do I, that for my son. Yeah, it's like that that I don't know, the 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 dynamic really did change then and so that that gets me the just all the stuff in um the searchers it's just the whole thing just gets me that that arc um but I do love Eddie begins and um I do love suspicion just cuz that the ending um is just mm-hmm. yeah there's yeah. so many, it's, it's very, very hard <laughs> to pick a favorite episode. Um, so that's why my favorite episode, as I, I mentioned um, in the introduction episode, is like, just I just cop out and pick one of the like more entertaining ones, like Ocean's 911 or such something like that. <laughs> just because yeah. it just makes that's it. That's a top contender too. I mean, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's a good such episode. a good one. And like Jinx and then Treasure Hunt. I actually think, tre- if I, ha- I think Treasure Hunt is actually my favorite, like kind of fun episode um I've, I've not got to that in my rewatch that i'm doing with my parents yet though so i don't uh i've seen all the other ones but i've not i've not actually seen jinx yet either so we'll see he is the writer for both of those is the one that wrote six one right 
I believe. I'm not sure. We can check. <laughs> I think so. yeah. I feel like Nova made a post about that because it was like in relation. We'll move on to the next question. I'm going to do some research while you guys yeah. are doing that. I need to find please, that. please tell, please tell us because I want to know now. Yeah. So the last tricky question before we move on to talk about season five and to kind of get us into thinking about seasons uh, is this is not one I've asked people before, but it's favorite season. Uh, I don't know if you're going to find this a hard question, Steph, since you watched it uh, so spur- like randomly, um, or if you'll now, now that you have watched it through, you'll be able to remember what's in, what, what happened in order. <laughs> but yeah, favorite season. Oh, that's tricky. I'm going to be maybe controversial here, but um, I actually think season five is my favorite. And it might be a recency bias, and it might be because it's the first one I watched live, but it has so much fantastic content in it and just Eddie's whole story arc and uh, Maddie's road to recovery it's just done so 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 well so I'm I'm in awe of the whole season five I think for me season four um just if you like pluck out individual favorite like episodes that I love there's so much in in season four um I feel like a lot like the characters just really grow um <laughs> sorry i'm trying to read it's fine i'm sorry i'm sorry no 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 so i, I don't think i'll even take this out because it's quite hilarious we're having a silent we this is the first time we've done it but we're having a chat in the the text chat because we were on that chat about looking up who wrote what frida has just told us that they've updated the name of one of the episodes oh so we're now we're now finding out in the chat from frida via frida (laughs) oh this is all 911 bts so you know breaking news yeah thanks very much nova we were before we started recording we were saying like the only reason we know anything is because of 911 behind the scenes so we owe everything to you i'm on her tumblr right now and i totally missed that (laughs) Hi, Nova. (laughs) (laughs) We love you, Nova. Thank you so much. (laughs) So we've had a moment of distraction when we we look frantically at the names of the the, episodes. Reading the new episode name, like, wait, (laughs) so confused. (laughs) Um, But yeah, season season four, I think if you like pick apart the episodes and plus the characters, just I don't know, Albert just really became such a great character in season four for me. and yeah like I don't know I I think Taylor was totally tolerable in season four I liked her in fact um I I mean I think there were still some moments well for me for me (laughs) (laughs) I liked her for the most part um in season four even though I knew what was to come but that's because I like characters like that and I'm a sucker for redheads but then by season (laughs) five I was like I'm done yeah (laughs) that's fair um for me would be season three Um, I think that has kind of the biggest selection of like different character storylines. And also like, it was just, I mean, you have the tsunami arc, you've got Eddie losing his shit because he can't talk to Buck. Um, You've got Buck losing his mind because he just wants to get back to work. You have like Matt, you know, Maddie and Chimney's relationship, like really like taken off and, and she gets pregnant at the end, which is like so insane. you have the train. Oh, the whole tra- train derailment. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and Abby coming back. Oh, You yeah, know, I was but- just recently, 
I was just recently watching it and I'm like, man, they really dropped some hints like early on (laughs) that Connie was coming back or that Abby was coming back because I'm I was like picking through and I was like, man, these writers, I swear to God, like and even like the cost again, Emmys to the costuming, Emmys to the the music people, (laughs) like the editing team, like hands up. But um, yeah, I think season three overall. Yeah, yeah, that was when we finished watching season one with my sister, she was like, oh, wait, so like Abby, Abby leaves the, leaves the show now. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, well, I won't we say don't see anything. Her anymore. I had the same thing with my mom. She was like, so Addy, Abby's gone and, and she's not coming back. And I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, she's left <laughs> because I was like, I can't give it away. <laughs> Yes. So sorry to cut you off. So episode one is written by Andrew Myers, who also wrote Ocean's 911 and Treasure Hunt. And Suspicion. And Suspicion. So I just like his episodes then. (laughs) Yeah. So 215, 310, 312, 43, 49, which 43 is future tense. Yes. So you get Technophone Eddie. So good. Just watched that yesterday in my parents' (laughs) rewatch. Yeah. So I mean, Andrew, we're 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 looking forward to your episode, sir. <laughs> so I think I've not said this as I say, I've not asked this question on the podcast. I think my favorite season is season four. So the same as Steph. But again, it's hard because I kind of like when I was thinking about this today, I was like, do I prefer like season five just because it was the most recent season, recent season? Or because I've we've just finished watching season three on my rewatch, I'm like, mm, but season three has got so many really, really good episodes in it. But I think for me, I just can't like, I can't get away from the fact that the shooting is in season four. So like that really rules my choice process. And for me, it's been really interesting doing this rewatch because now watching it, and I mean, I knew about the will reveal when I very first watched the show, but I feel like because it was the first time I was watching the show, even if I knew it was happening, it wasn't like the same as having a, doing a proper rewatch. So now doing this rewatch, having the context of the whole show I feel like the will comes into my mind like all the time. Like I watched the, I never appreciated before that in season three, you have Eddie Begins. And then the episode, I think immediately after that is uh, the episode about Red and about Buck. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'd never realized, I was like, Eddie has either already put Buck into his will or is about to do it. And Buck is here worrying about being left behind and having nobody. And like, I never appreciated that the first time. Which right after the call, right? Where they go, you know, the building on fire or whatever. And Eddie's like, well, we're having a sleepover if you want to tag along. Like Eddie is there asking you. I never like, put that offering together. Offering you a place. You didn't even, like, like he's literally asking you. Everybody else has things. Even before he got to anybody else, Eddie is telling you, you know, you can come back home with me and help Jabber on the sleepover. And of course, you know, Buck more than likely in his brain is like, well, you know, that's not really my place. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't feel like that's yeah, really or like, his place. Oh, he, he was just saying that as a joke. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't oh, I'm really getting, mean I'm getting yeah. emotional. I didn't put that together because <laughs> the chaotic way I watched it. <laughs> yeah. so I didn't notice it until this rewatch. Like I never, I, I think I, I just didn't think about it in that terms. I just, it was, it was only when I was watching that episode that I was like, we've just watched Eddie Begins. That's when or he's basically saying immediately after that he decided. So he either already had or he was thinking about it when Buck was basically being like, I'm going to be on my own. And Eddie's going, that's never going to happen to us sort of thing. And I'm like, Ooh. yeah, 
Who wrote oh. the fic that was from the lawyer's point of view? There was a fic. Oh, I think it's. Someone uh, I think it's Jack. I think it's. Oh, was it Jack? I need to. I need to read that because I don't think I've read. I'll that. check it and I'll put it in the links below. I've read yeah, it. That was yeah. so good because I would love to see that scene. Like, come on. Yeah, I don't think I've read from the lawyer's point of view. I've read uh, fix of Eddie going to do it and the lawyer just kind of being like. Okay, but I, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, Rachel, that you say that like the will has been in your like the back of your mind because I feel like I forget about it until certain moments. And like when I was doing my um first proper, I guess watch through. Like I had seen, I think ninety percent of the episodes before I went back to season one and then watched it all um in full. But like I just kind of forgot about the will, even though that was. One of the reasons I started watching was, you know, <laughs> the whole thing where it's like, not only did you get shot and almost die, but then you gave him your kid <laughs> the next episode. <laughs> and um, that was one of the reasons I started watching because I was like, I was like, how, how is this like on TV happening? And it, if, if it doesn't go canon, I'm going to lose my mind. And <laughs> I can't, I can't believe they put that in there. I think I also said... I refuse to watch the show until it goes actual canon. Um, but then uh, five uh, five thirteen came. Wait, thirteen? Yeah, eleven. I'm totally losing my mind. Final <laughs> five eleven came around, and I was like, I'm just gonna, you know, I just want to see what happens. And so I watched live anyway. So I better not have jinxed us all because I'm very sorry if I. Have. <laughs> yeah, with, with the way the writers are doing. <laughs> An absolutely incredible job. <laughs> Every episode, I'm just like, yeah. yeah. Well, and it's just like building, like, they just keep building stones on this foundation, yes. yeah. you know, of, and I'm just like, that will, re like, I was, I was like flabbergasted because I'm like, if I had a kid, I would, as, you know, as troublesome as my relationship could be with my parents, like, I would put my sister would no actually I asked this I was like would I put my sister on there well my sister's not married and she's a little bit younger than me like that's a huge responsibility I don't know that if I don't know that I would I'm like okay so would I go with my best friend my best friend is also not married um and she's got a career so like I don't want to you know put them on with somebody else who doesn't have a support system there so I'm like so it's gonna have to come back to my family like it's gotta be you know somewhere on there and I'm just like but you went with your best friend who you've known at this point for a year and a half. Like Insanity. what? Insanity. And like with a best friend that you like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just like, he's again. And I'm not saying that you have to be married to be able to raise children. That's not what I'm saying. It's that, you know, you know how difficult it is to be a single parent. Mm -hmm. um, and you need that support system. And yes, Buck has the 118 and he has his sister, but like, when you're thinking of leaving your child because something tragic happened to you and it does not sound like your best friend's going to walk away from your child. Like he's still going to, you know, be in his life and still be there. But like, it, I'm just like trying to get into, you know, those posts where they say like, I want to crack Eddie's head open. It just yes. looks <laughs> I get it. I want to study I him it, like a bug. This man. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's one of the, because I know 
I've told my sister like parts of, you know, the body lore because, or during the process of going insane over it. I've dropped <laughs> some things here. And I, I hope she's forgotten that uh, Eddie put back in his wheel because I really want to see her reaction when that happens because she has uh, she has two kids and uh, I know they would go to either hers or her partner's parents. Um, yeah. I really want to see her reaction to like Eddie giving giving Christopher to his best friend. Yeah, but also like okay, so I know that we're talking about season four and we're here to talk about season five and six. Don't but, worry, like, don't worry. This podcast is a mess, so it's fine. Like always yeah. a mess. If you've if anybody's watched listened to the previous episodes, they know that like I'm like let's just chat about anything and everything. <laughs> yeah, um, but like he didn't tell him. He didn't ask for permission and he didn't that tell him. And I'm and I was again, I was also doing the rewatch. And you know, Buck asked him, like, you know, why, you know, why are you telling me this now? And Eddie never answered. <laughs> he never answered. He literally the only answer that he gave, or the only reason why he felt like he needed to say something is because he needed to reassure Buck that his life is not to be wasted. Yeah. That was literally, and, and I'm like, what a hell of a re- revelation to be able to make just to be able to get that across when you had no plan of doing so. Like zero plan. Like if this wouldn't have happened, Buck would have never known. And it's like, why Why do you have to keep it secret? I don't understand. Like, what are you trying to hide? That's, and I don't think that he's able to kind of like reconcile that's that. That's kind of the thing, brain. isn't it? Like, because... It really feels like the only way or the, the only reason that Eddie isn't able to talk about it is because it's so caught up in his feelings yeah. for Buck that is to talk about one is to talk about the other. Like this is what mm-hmm. you've seen in like a lot of discussion, of course, in the fandom and in fan fiction, you see it a lot like to talk about the shooting is to talk about his feelings for Buck and to talk about the wheel is to talk about his feelings for Buck and he might not have been ready for that. He might be more ready now after he actually reached rock bottom and like was forced into actually starting to crack his own trauma open a bit more yeah yeah and to further facilitate the mess that is this podcast um (laughs) i think like moving forward something's gonna have to come to a head that is gonna have to remove not kill him off that's not what i'm saying but like remove christopher from the equation Mm -hmm. to really force buck and eddie to have this conversation without Chris being that barrier or yes. without being mm-hmm. something for them to hide behind. Um, because it's, it's a comfort for them. You know what I mean? It's safe for them to hide behind Chris's feelings. Right. Yes. Yeah. They, they, they like, I can't remember who, I can't remember who, who wrote it, but they said that like, um, Christopher is kind of like a mirror in between that. Mm. Like they can, they can, they can reflect their feelings of Christopher towards the other right. and not have to think like, about oh, like Christopher what, what if Christopher you. isn't there in between? Like what what if the feelings have to go straight towards the other person and not via this child? Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. even Buck, like Buck is kind of starting to talk about his feelings a bit more, but he still kind of links them to Chris. Like how he yes. he tells Eddie that he had a breakdown effectively over the shooting, but he says he says it in the context of talking about breaking down in front of Chris. Mm -hmm. And then similarly, like when Eddie apologizes for like, you know, freaking Chris out, then Buck is like, Chris is not the only one that was freaked out, but he's still linking his feelings to Chris rather than Mm -hmm. being able to just sort of openly say, I was worried about you. And, you know, from my own perspective with no link to Chris, then I was traumatized by the shooting because it was you, Eddie, and things like that. Yes, and I think that's 
um, that's one thing that was during the whole of season five to make a really good connection into that <laughs> topic. Um, Buck was so closed off the whole season, or especially in 5A. Like he was such a closed book. Any feelings, it was just so you couldn't tell what was going on inside his head anymore and that of course like call back to when he talks to to dr copeland and says that i think i hide my true feelings from others and now he was hiding them even from the audience and we could only like try and guess and then of course look at facial expressions of like oh here i'm i'm hugging my girlfriend and she's comforting me and i look like i want to die on the inside and mm. everything like that but he was such a closed book and it started unraveling a bit more in 5B because Eddie started unraveling a bit more. And that's another thing that I think we can see quite clearly is how much Buck also, um, he takes the lead from Eddie, so to say. And like, I think it's going to have to be Eddie for that reason that has to bring up the shooting more properly because Buck probably wouldn't do that unless he sees that Eddie is okay with with talking about it. I agree. And I think that's why the, um, whenever he offered to quit in, in what was it? Five, four, whenever chimney had, had just left. Um, is it a five? Yeah. yeah. Five, four or five, I five. Think I, think five, five I think five, five. Yeah. yeah. Um, when, yeah. Cause he's teaching Ra, uh, Ravi. I think that's his pronunciation. I'm like I think it's to get it. Ravi, but I'm, I have only Ra- just recently Ravi. been in like, try, like I was informed and know that I'm saying it wrong. Know that I'm probably still saying it wrong, even though I've been told. I apologize. So I apologize. But yeah, I think it's Ravi. But yeah, whenever he's uh, trying to like train him up and like take him under his wing or whatever, and he shows up um, at the loft and he's saying, you know, I'm putting in for my, tra-, he tells Bobby, like I'm putting in for my transfer and like Eddie's at the dinner table and so is Hen and, um, and everybody else. And I think even for the audience, I didn't see that coming for him to offer himself to transfer because of what happened with Chimney and, and he's, and Buck is seeing some kind of, you know, uh, like trouble within the team and maybe he's the issue. So I'm going to leave. And I think it was a way for the writers and the, and the creators to really kind of put in place that, that kind of like isolation that Buck tends to go into for the sake of protecting everybody else's feelings and, you know, what they're, what they're going through, that kind of like self-sacrifice that he doesn't want to be a burden. So I, I, you know, I agree with Frida on that, that, you know, that that was a way for, for Buck to keep disconnecting himself um, and, yes. and just kind of like hide away. And I mean, it's going to come, it's going to come to a head. Yeah. And you can see it also in how, how Buck and Taylor were so isolated in Buck's loft the whole season like that, that that was their little world and they just hang around there and not until 5B did we see then Buck in the Diaz house and then of course, well, then Taylor moved in and every, you could really see everything starting to escalate in the mm-hmm. relationship, which was also much more closed off in 5A. Yeah. Right. And I don't think we saw anyone else in the loft until um, Hen and Chim showed up. Um, when like Buck and Taylor were like there together, right? Oh, we saw Maddie yes. there. Oh yeah, Maddie after she came, but back. not with Taylor at the same time. That's what I, I no, mean. True, no, true. No, no. And so the first time we see with Buck and Taylor at the same time there um, is Hen and Chim, and then you know Taylor basically ends up betraying them. You know, like their their trust. At least um, it's just interesting because it's like that's the first time that 
it feels kind of like Buck has let people into that relationship a little more. And then that's why it ends up, you know, ending. Yeah. I mean, and, and heads up again, another Emmy to the set design um, yes. and whoever constructed that because the loft felt so claustrophobic and suffocating whenever so they were. Yeah, they were in it. And that was even before the boxes got around, but like just the way, and then actually another Emmy to the cinematography <laughs> and whoever did all that, it's just Emmys all around because <laughs> the way that they would shoot the scenes in there were very closed off. They were, you know, they were zoomed in on either like, you know, facial features or like even like their body language or like their hands or just like spe- very specific closed shots of areas. And then as soon as Taylor leaves, it's like this big, huge wide lens and you just see everything and there's light flooding in. And then like it just, you know, yeah. just and you incredible. You could see that like when Taylor comes in for the breakup scene, it's already, it's much more, the angle is much wider. You can actually mm-hmm. see that the loft is spacious. And yeah. then Buck is like sitting there on the stairs and do you see the like high ceilings and any, n- nothing of that was available during all the previous scenes. Like absolutely incredible. Uh, while yeah. we're giving out Emmys, like even Emmy to the costume designers because they're doing oh. an absolutely <laughs> fantastic work with foreshadowing and using colors as themes and uh, using the same uh, hoodie, for example, during like emotional discussions in the balcony scene and then fixing up Eddie's wall. Oh, just, that was oh, so good. Yeah. Also, giving it up to Kim, um, stage yes. four Diaz, I think it's... Um, yeah, stage four Diaz. Yeah. Um, like their post on on the costuming and just like following that on, like that is just incredible. Oh, everything everything I know about the costuming, I know because I'm reading her blog whenever she puts <laughs> yeah. up those posts. Yeah, I know nothing about the costuming. So I just have to read those posts and be like, yes, this all makes complete sense to me. And I would have known none of it beforehand <laughs> whatsoever. Yes. So we have to give it up to the greater minds of this fandom. Yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, thank God you're here. <laughs> Well, that's one of the great things I think about like 911 is that we have got the fandom is so it's not just and I don't mean that in any way to 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 sort of downplay the fanfic writers to say it's it's not just fanfic writers but it is it's (laughs) other people with meta and and all sorts of things and like we were just saying before the Nova with the behind the scenes that basically means we actually know what's going on (laughs) um so that's great so we've kind of naturally gone into season five, which uh, is the one of the main, <laughs> the two main things we were supposed to be speaking about today are season five and season six, and we're an hour and 15 minutes in, uh, and we're <laughs> going to go into season five now properly, which to be fair is uh, kind of what I expected. So, <laughs> but um, at, for me, so season five for me was a, a, a unusual experience because it was the first season that I watched live, but because I only just caught up right as season 5a had already started i think for me seasons 5a and 5b they feel very disparate like they feel very distinctly different to me uh and i find it very almost difficult to like you know sort of think of it as one season because they are so different and so i think they i just do feel like two different seasons yeah so that's what i, I wanted to ask was if did you guys get a similar uh sort of feeling and also steph you mentioned earlier that you kind of avoided 5A because of what you'd heard about it. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, just in general, uh, I mean, everything I'd heard about 5A, not just like from the the Buck and Eddie side of it, but like, um, you know, like the beginning uh, disaster, like at the start of the season, just 
uh, felt very scattered, everyone said, and this was before I had, I had actually watched it and felt the same way, um, how uh, it felt like they really like put in too much propaganda with Athena and all the stuff with, um, you know, that disgusting human who I did not need that much story around him. Um, and just I like the, the beginning of season five, the first few episodes, I had like just hearing the description left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, and then it just sounded like it, there was some good, some really good like uh, calls, but that overall the story was just kind of uh, sad and, um, you know, like Jim and Maddie were gone. And, and just like, for me, it was just like, it's, I don't want to watch because it doesn't feel it. I don't have a happy ending to go back to yet. And so I think that was, that was why um, until, you know, uh, we finally finished season five that I kind of just didn't want to watch 5A. Yes. Um, and even then put it off a little longer because I just was like, I know it's, it's sad. And like, I, I can read the description and I just don't want to feel that way. I think that's, I think that's fair because um, like even, even the actors, I remember Aisha said at mm-hmm. some point that it felt very disjointed for them to like, they were on separate places and filming much more like, alone than they had before mm-hmm. um but i think that's something it's really admir- i really admire how the writers and the directors and everyone took that chance uh, or took that risk i should say um to make 5a feel so very heavy and that we as the audience could feel it too like we could feel the undercurrents of like uh maddie going through it and disappearing for you know uh off-screen reasons and then uh, chimney disappearing and we're kind of seeing glimpses of his desperate search for her and then uh, just seeing how like the core 118 are kind of falling apart because like eddie is kind of repressing more and more and just like no no it's gonna be fine and you're like you can see a break mm-hmm. uh, breakdown coming on the horizon and we have the buck and taylor of it all that's just so I'm trying to find a good descriptive <laughs> word here. Just like so sad <laughs> to see because you can see that Buck isn't happy. Like even when he's closing off all his emotions, you can see that that's not like pure happiness of being in this relationship. But like, you can understand why not... he clung. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You can like I have I understand a hundred percent like I've said it on on several places. Like I held on to a previous relationship for way too long. Like even after it ended I just kept clinging on to it. Mm-hmm. And um and that's one of the things I think that people were having a very hard time with 5A and kind of going into 5B. Like people wanted Buck and Taylor to break up and they wanted it, the misery to just end. And uh, I defended that a lot while the season was going on. I was like, no, Buck is clinging. And like then he co- he called himself out once Maddie came back. He said that he is, he is always clinging. And it's very hard to let go, even when you realize that you are clinging to something and it might be better for you to let go. It's extremely hard. Like even after you come to that realization, you then have to actually put that realization into action. And that will take a push and the push for Buck was seeing that, well, she actually betrayed him, betrayed his family. And Mm -hmm. that's when he was finally able to like see that, okay, maybe 
maybe just there is no coming back from this, even though his instincts would be to cling to anyone who would be willing to stay. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, Steph, that you said that you felt like you needed the ha- you needed to know what the happy ending would be before you could really watch 5A, because I've never thought about it like that, but I think that's kind of a really good description for how I how I now feel when I look back on season five with the context of the whole season. Because when I was watching 5A live, I because I made voice recordings after every episode and I've listened to them afterwards and I can see how (laughs) unhappy or like almost dissatisfied I am with the episodes. Um, And I think also in some cases, like I get sucked into like, if somebody wants to have a moan about something, then I'm right there for that moan. So I think there's a little bit of that as well. But I, I... I have the record, the voice recording that I made after the finale of 5A uh, and I'm so angry about the Buck Taylor. I'm so like, like stressed about it. Like I'm, I'm in it. I'm talking about how like, oh, but we've had confirmation that the actor's not leaving. Like, you know, that <laughs> Ryan's not leaving. So Eddie's not, de- he's not going because I'm obviously really worried about it. And I just like, I even say in it that like before I watched the episode, I tried to set my expectations at zero. And I was like, and I, in the recording, I'm like, and they still let me down. But now, if I think about season five, I like love some of the moments in 5A that like I hated at the time. Like I love the finale episode, that's the mid-season finale episode now, because I'm like, oh my gosh, like Eddie left and it was tr- like, you know, the trauma and it sets up. And I absolutely love, and I did love that at the time, to be fair, the Eddie Anna breakdown, but it's so difficult to watch. Um, so it's not, a, mm. I love it, but it's an unpleasant experience to watch it. Um, and so I just think it's so funny to have, as you say, like once you know where it's going, then you can appreciate, or at least for me, I think some people, <laughs> Frida, you're talking about how you're defending stuff all the way through. You obviously have, like you, you're able to appreciate it as you go. But as I think for me, yeah. I needed the context of the latter, the latter half of the season. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And like, um, for me, like, a lot of it was just that I kept just, I know that I had the mindset that, that, okay, this is half of the story that we've seen right now. And we haven't seen the latter half yet, so I'm not going to judge the first half until I've seen the other half too. Because they are, even if they feel more separate, because I agree with what you said, like 5A and 5B feel kind of like separate seasons. And maybe it is because it was the first hiatus I experienced. but. That was something that I just, it felt like self-explanatory to me that, yeah, of course, this is going to all resolve, or if not all, we're going to see some resolutions come in 5B. Like when Eddie said he was leaving, I was like, oh, well, he's coming back. In like in 5B, he's coming back. And like I expected the whole talk with Christopher to come much later than it did. But um, I was like, no, of course, that that's going to happen. And like they're going to be back together. And um Buck and Taylor are gonna break up because we're seeing such strong hints towards like this is not a good relationship uh it's the same that I'm right now I'm just like well of course Maddie and Chimney are gonna get back together mm-hmm. like sure they're they're broken up right now but they're gonna get back together like it just feels like that's the natural progression of that story in my mind and like how they're gonna do it I don't know but I'm pretty sure they are gonna do it mm-hmm. yeah and and we had to defend so sorry we had to defend so often that Buck and Taylor were not endgame. Yes. It's like, how do you not see how bad they are? Like, they've been... So, like, the Christmas episode, perfect example. Mm -hmm. Like, they've been together, what, eight, nine months now? And 
you don't know what to shop for your significant you're other. A like sweater. a sweater. <laughs> and, and you he's ask over his here being like, Yeah, and you ask his boss. Like, what are you don't even ask his first of all, you ask Bobby, you don't even ask his best friend. Like, I'm not gonna go to to Bobby instead of looking at going to Eddie, but like we're not gonna talk about <laughs> Eddie's petty ass. Um, I love him so much. No, we can't. We will because we will have to talk about. Uh, we'll have to talk yeah, about uh, that episode and that scene with like, with Taylor uh, at, at the Diaz house because the that's dinner, so good. But, the dinner table. <laughs> it's so it's delicious. It's Sorry, not so to derail. Good. But yeah, like, but you know, you're you're in the Christmas episode, but then even before that, whenever um, Taylor goes to Oklahoma doesn't tell Buck and Buck chases her. It's like this right here, like this is a prime example of why they're not going to last because mm-hmm. once again, Buck is is having to be the person who puts in the majority of the work in this relationship. Like that's where that's at. And she's the one that's holding back. And even the way that that episode ended, whenever she's like, well, Kelly's not even my last name. And it's like, you think you, how long have you been together now? And like, you still don't know her. Like you're, and again, you know, he's like holding on because really he's got nothing. He doesn't feel like he has anything else, you know, going on at the moment that at least feels safe. Um, and this is, this is a, like a knowable thing. You know what yes, I mean? Like it's, you come it's something home, comforting. She's, correct. Yeah. She's, she's a constant. There we go. That was, yes. that was the word that I was looking for. But I will agree. I mean, I've, this is not my first kind of season that I've been watching live. Um, I will say that 5A did feel very disorganized, like leading up to it and even through it. Season four did not feel that way. And that was in the middle of a pandemic. Um, season three definitely did not feel that way. You know, as far as um, we didn't have Nova before that. So um, <laughs> you, we kept up with our updates on like Twitter and stuff like that. And even from the cast, but you know, like, like we alluded to, you know, Aisha did speak about how weird it was on set. And I don't know if that was because of the transition between, um, Tim Minear at like giving um, like the, the helm over to Kristen. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that caused, you know, a bit of disorganization, Um, you know, Maddie not being there and going on, or I'm sorry, uh, Jennifer love you and not being there and going on maternity leave. So then we have to figure out what we're going to do with Kenneth and, and then everything else that's going on. So you're missing your, and you know, and then by the time that Eddie, you know, leaves the firehouse, like you're missing half of your team. Mm Um, so I can understand why it would add to that and it would add to some of the, like the confusion happening in the, behind the scenes. I just still don't understand what happened with ghost stories. I know. Like, mm. yeah. Why yeah. did we cut the, the Eddie scenes? Why, you know, why did we focus so much on Taylor and on Lou? Like, and on this, like random ass i mean maybe i just need to like go back and watch that episode because i'm, I'm not gonna lie i typically skip a good amount of those scenes because i'm just like what the fuck am i supposed to be like what what does this matter <laughs> like like i don't get it what happened to the ghost roommate call I yes think that was it. yeah yeah what happened like it it seemed to be and it's a it's, a, it's supposed to be a halloween episode mm-hmm. and it's like what the fuck happened with this episode like it was just I have no thing. clue. It's a big mystery. It's, you know, like what it, I, I have no clue. So I, I really do think that they were trying to kind of see if they could establish other avenues of storytelling, because listen, let's be real. Like it, the show has to continue in order to be able to continue. You got to be able to add new faces, mm-hmm. you know, some of the, you know, stories that you focus on with like Bobby and Athena, Karen and Hen, you know, 
adding to him and everything. Like some of those are going to start closing off. So we we need to focus on on newer things and you got to be able to introduce new characters. That's how a, a show stays running for a lot longer. And I think this was one of the pieces I think that we're trying to test to see, hey, you know, we have first responders. We tell these stories. What about whenever, a, you know, the first responders get there, they've been dispatched. How do you solve whatever it is that caused the original emergency? You know what I mean? And I think that they were trying to kind of close that loop on that storytelling. I just didn't think that they picked the best people to do that. No. Like, Lou is great. Don't get me wrong. Lou is great. I'm just like, Taylor, really? Like, I don't know. She's not. And also, I mean, not to she's discourage not any responder. actors or anything like that. But like Megan West, like she's uh, yeah. like she's yeah. got she's got her talents. Um, I think carrying that big of a role is not one of them, um, at no. least on this show. No, so, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why I felt weird. But again, I, I can't appreciate what they were trying to do. Ghost Stories is the only one that I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. Because I think I think also there must have been some outside factor that went on yes. there with why they had, had to cut to things and why. Because didn't they change the order that two of the episodes they were did. coming out yeah. really they last minute? Yeah. They changed the order and they added an extra break. Yes. That wasn't yes. originally planned. I think they were just running out of time mm-hmm. and they were... Yeah, they were just trying to kind of make things. Maybe those other parts weren't edited, or maybe it needed like additional sh- like shooting, and they just scrapped it because they really only focused on one call. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it still felt like so. I don't know. It just felt like so out of like just almost like they were trying to do a spinoff. Not, I don't think that's actually what they were trying to do, but that's what it felt like they were trying yeah. to do. Yeah, you know, to- tonally it did not match the rest of the season either. Yeah, or like that. That first half yeah so you mentioned there in that like have it how this show has to be able to introduce new characters and i think that's a good segue into talking about the first episode <laughs> of 5b and talking about lucy because uh, i gotta mm-hmm. tell you and i'll i will admit like i like lucy but when i first saw the clips i was raging i will admit i made three <laughs> voice recordings the day that uh that episode was coming out and uh, they get increasingly hysterical because first, I think first there was that article that Kristen put out where she's called, where like, you know, people like got all like overblown and somebody was like, she said they're straight, but like that wasn't what she said specifically. And obviously, oh, yeah. as I know, oh, I know, oh. and I have to tell myself this constantly, she's not going to tell us what's happening in the show. But okay, that's, that's like my one soapbox to get on is please interviews are not the word of god you cannot take interviews as this is exactly what will happen this is what they're telling us will happen you have to read them with a grain or a pinch or like a teaspoon of salt or like not at all (laughs) or not at all that's why you have to be able to filter (laughs) out like in interviews and articles are for promo purposes they are not to give more content to already established viewers they are to get in new viewers and get in people who are like kind of more casually watching an episode maybe here and there like i wrote a whole post about this after like <laughs> people started freaking out about ariel and kristen on online and i yeah yeah so that was me <laughs> I... I was i was freaking out internally but i knew i was being unreasonable so I suppose I should say I was freaking out externally because I was talking to myself on my own, alone in my flat. But I, I, I knew I was being unreasonable. But I, it's funny for me to listen to it back now because I was 
I was absolutely like, I was just completely furious about this clip of Buck kissing Lucy because I was like, I was so angry like that they would do, like I was one of those, I was having that whole like, how could they do this to him? Buck wouldn't do this. And like, why have they got to bring this this woman in specifically for him? And then obviously I saw the episode and I was like, oh. Uh I was like, oh yeah. And and what did we learn here (laughs) about like watching only clips and not the whole (laughs) whole context? (laughs) I will say it was, I feel like it was very strategic of them to release that clip early. As like a, like let's soften the blow, you know, before we just kind of drop it um, on you fully. But like, yeah, it, I think we're supposed to feel rageful and disappointed, you know, in in what Buck's actions are. And I think it really humanizes Buck. I think in, you know, in this fandom, we do have a tendency to, you know, kind of baby him, you know, a little bit that he's not. Yeah, that he's not responsible for his actions. And it's like, no, he he fully did that. And he needs to fully own that. Like, I Whenever I know we're talking about 511, I'm going to skip just a couple episodes, but whenever um, Taylor eventually finds out um, about it, I actually just rewatched it a couple of days ago. um, Whenever he tells her that, you know, that he kissed, um, I kissed someone and then he has to verify, (laughs) I kissed kissed a woman. woman. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But she, you know, she had just moved in and he's like, are you coming back? And she's like, of course I have no, nowhere else to go. And I'm like, yeah, like you yeah. should be fucking pissed off. I'd be yeah. fucking pissed off. Yeah. Like I was fully on board with that. Yeah. Yes, and I think uh, that scene was the one where you could really see that, okay, it's not just Buck that's clinging in this relationship. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Like Taylor is doing it too. Because like, um, I'm not saying that like if someone kisses someone else in a relationship, it's immediate grounds for breakup. Like you can probably talk about it. Mm-hmm. The problem was that they didn't talk about it they didn't confront it it. yeah she didn't want to hear it she didn't want to know she was just like if we ignore it then everything will be fine and we'll be back to what we were and that was when I was like oh oh interesting Mm -hmm. like this is showing us yes definitely call Mm -hmm. back to Anna of like ignoring the theater like red flags and and warning signs and just being like no 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 this is the relationship and I'm holding on to it now and then of course we saw Buck cling towards the end of uh, 517 it's Mm. fascinating to me that people saw it and still think buck taylor was endgame and like the same thing with like lucy and buck where they i don't know like they're nothing about the way that they're being presented these relationships as like i'm not saying that somehow they couldn't write buck lucy endgame i think they Mm -hmm. could feasibly write it but the way that it's being written right now, there's no indications of that mm, happening. And so no. with, you know, Buck and Taylor, the way that, that they started and then the way that their actual relationship started and, and all those missteps and how unhappy they both seem like it, it just never made sense to me how they don't talk. They don't talk about things. They don't communicate. And that's one of the most important things in, in a relationship. Yeah. And, and Lucy Lucy's introduction not to kind of get all over the place but um I I'm kind of with Rachel on I was like I I actually I didn't mind just seeing like Ariel uh I don't know how to pronounce her name I'm terrible pronouncing things Ariel uh, Kebble 
Yeah, Anyone we got know you. how to pronounce it? <laughs> um, when, uh, you know, Ariel got announced, I, I was like excited because I loved her in John Tucker Must Die and in Gilmore Girls. And so I was super excited. I had no problems with like the idea of Lucy as a character. Even after the the kiss clip came out, I was kind of like, I don't know, you know. Um, but after the episode aired, I was kind of. Um, I think I even made a post about it. I was kind of annoyed because I was like, here's my problem with Lucy so far is that the way she reacted in the call with the bomb on the on the the truck could have potentially put Buck's life in danger, um, you know, because she just didn't ask for consent. And, uh, you know, and I think also with the the kiss, that's how I felt, too, because it, I don't think the show portrayed that she wasn't fully sober uh enough either like i don't think they made it obvious at least not uh, in that not episode, in that episode. yeah and the but next she episode did talk they made about it, it with Jonah. yes yeah and that was when i think i was like oh okay okay <laughs> i think it's yeah. like i totally you know I, I i don't put blame on lucy if you know she's not fully uh sober either because i think while buck did seem to be kind of like well, no, you know, pulling away. Um, if they weren't both fully sober, then I can totally see how something like that happens. And and it's not, it's gray. It's a gray uh, moment. I feel well, she like. probably didn't know about Taylor. So like, she's got yeah. nothing to lose. Right. Like, you're she, just a good looking guy. Exactly. Like, go for I, it. I think he's still. And he's not turning her away. Right. So. I think he was still being like hesitant enough that if she was sober and knows he's been drinking. Maybe. I would have. on that. I would have not but liked But he, he's the one who goes in for the second Right, yeah. yes. Yeah. But because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think because she was not fully sober, she's clearly like, you know, later we find out like she was pretty drunk too. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes total sense to me that she doesn't pick up on Buck's hesitance at first. And then when, you know, he does go in for that second kiss. Uh, so to me, that was my only issue with Lucy. And now I just, I, I love her. And uh, yeah. the more yeah, no, people, she's great. the more people hate on her, the more I love her. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yeah. But even as you said um, that, you know, like with the truck bombing or whatever, like she just kind of acted first, and that's that's very much a buck, yes. you know, kind of especially yeah. like early buck, like act first, figure things out later. Yeah. Um, and you know, with Taylor back in season two, Chimney says like you met your match, like you met like mm-hmm. Buck at 1.0, like. And I think that Lexi very much is that, you know, she's kind of, um, she's a perfect foil to Buck because she's like, she resembles enough of the characteristics of, you know, reckless Buck for the sake of just like getting things done. Um, she's, she's a little bit more, she's got a little bit more wisdom and she's a little bit more mature um, mm-hmm. in her way, but she does have that reckless streak. And I think that at least to me, that speaks to them not, like nothing coming from that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there's a couple of scenes that they could have made it romantic and like they didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I didn't get that from them. I don't think. No, yeah. I, I never I never read them as intended to be romantic. No. Like to yeah. me, it was pretty clear that like, okay, this is showing even louder if the people didn't pick up on it from the really, really weird love confession mm-hmm. in, in 5A that yeah. Buck is not happy in his relationship. A thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. And then in, in 511, her her purpose is to be an outsider. Yes. You know, and by kissing Buck, it also 
excludes her from the general audience and the fandom that has loved these characters. So it ostracizes her further and kind of like drives that, you know, our kind of like connection with her is she doesn't fit. Like she's come in and she's messing things up, even though that's, you know, that's just why she's there. And and hopefully we get a little bit more from her. Like I agree with all you guys. Like I love her. We need an, another woman on this team. I think that she's a really great foil character for Buck. And I think that with her being, you know, on the outside, like with a family full of cops, but she's the only firefighter. And then Bobby also is a legacy firefighter. I think they're going to play out into that. So I think that she's got enough to her to make her a, a character that can, that can stick around and, and add to the, to the story. Yeah. But I don't think that we have anything to worry about there with, with Buck. No, no, one no, of no. the, one of the other things that I think is really interesting is that um, Buck seems to be until Lucy came along, one of the only characters on the team uh, you know, uh, in the one one eight, like who, who actually gets like a thrill out of those daredevil things? Not just does it because it needs to get done, but like gets like the adrenaline rush, and you know, like I think like the other characters will do it too. You know, maybe to feel badass, like Chimney in the early seasons, or um, you know, just to get it done. But I think Lucy seemed to get that same like vibe uh, in at least in the truck bombing where she got a thrill out of it like she knew when she knew people were safe she was like this is kind of awesome and I feel like an action movie star and I I get that I relate to that on a personal level (laughs) um and so I think it'd be interesting to kind of have those two characters that it's not just that they're willing to do it but that they kind of want to do it to get that adrenaline you know fill and they're adrenaline junkies it's more than just um we're brave enough to take the risk because I want to take the risk. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see Eddie and, and Lexi, not Lexi, Lucy. So I, every time that I see Ariel, my first instruction with, with her was vampire diaries and her name was Lexi <laughs> and literally, <laughs> so there's Lexi and then she's Lucy on this one. I literally and always she was get Lindsay them messed up in my and Gilmore girl. Oh my God. She's li- <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> She must have it, like, that must be part of her contract. She must be like, yeah, I will not play a character time. that doesn't begin with L. <laughs> yeah. So it always throws me off. Anyway, Lucy, I would love to see them together and maybe for, like, either Hen or Chim or Bobby to, like, make an aside comment to say, you know, yeah, Buck used to be like this. <laughs> you know, even more so. Like, I mean, now Buck, whenever he puts his life on the line is because more than anything, he doesn't want anybody else to. Mm-hmm. So it's less about a daredevil thing and it's more to save everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I it'd still, be nice I think to kind he of still gets that, that contrast. That same thrill. Like, I think. Oh, yeah. I think it's still a part yeah. of him. Yeah. Like, he still mm-hmm. feels I mean, he, the, like. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely said it before that he, this is what he's made for or like why he signed mm-hmm. on. I want to say it was in season one whenever he was. It's in season up one. To yeah. He, when he talks yeah. to. Yeah. It's, he says that like he gets to be the badass, but he also gets to help people. Wasn't that yeah. the pilot, I think? Like when he gets fired and he's like trying to fight, like it's either the pilot or or one o two. Yeah, it's very early yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I would love to see Lucy with with Eddie as well. I think that's like one of the big reasons why I was like she better be coming back for season six was one because I really loved all her random little interactions with Ravi. Like I just thought they were such yeah. a great pair. They need whenever... to be partners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need them to be partners. But I also really want her and Eddie to interact, like for sure. And we haven't yeah. seen that at all. Obviously, no, so. I'm so like I want it so bad. 
I, I love with Ravi whenever <laughs> she's like, do you know what's going on there? It's like, it's just <laughs> the one at Tina's best not to know. Well, he, <laughs> like, he finally has an out, you know, another fellow outsider to, to like, you know, just look at the situation. Like, with. I'm not, I'm not crazy. Right. These guys are weird. Like that's what he <laughs> can do now. And Lucy could be like, yeah, they are weird. You're not crazy. This like, this is a weird group. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what I love about their dynamic. And I love that by the end of the season, like you get the scenes inside the fire truck where they're picking at one another and mm-hmm. yeah. they're able to make fun of one another. And like, yes. we were missing that so much. That felt, yeah. All it was missing so was sad. Eddie, but it felt, yeah. it felt yeah. so, it was like coming home. Yeah. yeah. But then we had Eddie with May and like, yeah. that was a, you know, a great friendship. And Linda, like that I oh, never I saw coming. More. That was so great. And I going back to 511 like our poor Eddie is going through it but you know he's he's really trying with Linda and like Linda took him under his wing and is teaching him how to cook and then we finally figured out why he has such a bad relationship with cooking and you know it's just our can and also this is part for one of the things that you talked about with civil sleeves in, in your last podcast which um which is you know the idea that sometimes we we take things in the fandom and they become like canon but they're mm-hmm. not really canon. I think there's a word. I think we, I think we call it fanon, fanon, or whatever. Yeah. And you know, and one of those things was like Eddie being bad at cooking, and like he's okay <laughs> with it. But like we realized, well, he's not really bad at cooking. It's just that he had he's had terrible experiences whenever he was a kid, and pretty much abandoned it. And we were like, oh my god, I never want to make fun of this man ever again. Yeah, I, I made I made a but, post immediately after Five Eleven, <laughs> being just like, okay, if that's everyone always thought I was a bad cook, who wasn't a shout out to all the fan fiction writers? Like, I don't know what it was. <laughs> it's like the same thing with Buck about making breakfast for Taylor and him yes, putting toaster waffles, and everybody was like, what do you mean? He makes pancakes for Christopher all the time. Like, yeah, I I read that as like because. Even in season two, he's like, yeah, yeah, Bobby is teaching me how to cook, but we haven't made it past breakfast foods. And Maddie is impressed with his cooking then. Yeah. yeah. So either it's like um, he doesn't want to cook for Taylor for yeah. whatever reason, or he has tried it and she was like, eh, I prefer takeouts. Which, oh, true. But, that's oh, an aspect I've not thought of before. I haven't thought point. about that either. Because yeah. like when she has the breakfast for him after he, when he comes home, I can't remember which episode this is. And I say, yeah, seven buckley. Oh, it's five oh five. Yeah, it's a yeah, seven buckley. This is all for you. And it's you know, it's takeout in their plastic containers and mm. uh, stuff. And like, no, there's there's nothing inherently wrong with takeout, but that is a big contrast towards you know the home cooked meals that Bobby makes in the firehouse, for yeah. example, or mm-hmm. that Buck yeah. would be capable of making for them in their little home as well. But for some yeah. reason, he isn't. It is interesting to me that we. It is a fanon thing of how well Buck can cook because I think I know, we took that scene and ran with it. Yeah, yeah. canonically, <laughs> he he does know how to cook. He can cook breakfast really well, and he's been taught by Bobby, who we know canonically is a very good cook and can make things like uh, pretty, you know, expertly. Uh, but Buck, we haven't actually seen him canonically like make big elaborate meals or anything crazy like yeah, like it's just writers of the show for season six we need a meal cooked <laughs> by Buck. Like a we need a big sale big yeah. sale but, at christopher's oh, yes. school <laughs> but also was anybody else just as offended 
whenever we weren't told that Abuela had moved to El Paso. Oh, oh yeah. And we were just finding out on the show. We were like, that was so rude. How come this did not go out to the family email? Like, I, we did not receive a notice. That postcard with the new address on it. Yes. That's we my didn't, Abuela. Exactly. Excuse me. You didn't tell us about this. I can't, I can't get past, I can't get over it. Like in my mind, I'm having to go, but no, that was wrong. They were just wrong. Yeah. Eddie and Peppa, like they all just made a mistake. Like she definitely still lives. I think it's the first time we looked at Canon and we're like, uh, this is wrong. But, but why? My, my question is, why did they have to move her back to it? Like, what, what, why did she have to be relocated? Why um, couldn't... Like my my best guess is he has something to do with like actress availability, but even or still, whatever. like she wasn't really in it that yeah, much. Like to we start have, or it's a setup for something in season six. <laughs> that makes more All sense. All I can think of is like age. You know mm. what I mean? Like maybe mm. like they're trying to kind of. I mean, because like let's be honest, the actress is I think younger than the age that she's supposed to be portraying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Um, and I think that. It might be a setup for season six, um, but I think it's to be able to kind of tell the story like, you know, she's getting up in age like or maybe to be able to kind of cut the amount of people that can watch Christopher, although that hasn't really been an issue. But it could, you know, because like Carl is always available or at least like Peppa unless it's like season three and the tsunami's happening and it's like, (laughs) yeah, cast to watch. So like that hasn't really been addressed. I don't know. But the only thing that I can think of is like an age thing and maybe that'll play on later on. Yeah, who knows if that'll actually come back into play or not. It's it's interesting the stuff that that they do um turn into like you know, you don't know what's foreshadowing and what isn't be- mm-hmm. uh, because they're very skillful at it. Yeah. yeah. But no, I was devastated. So I was like <laughs> I was already <laughs> in my little like disappointment mode where I I cannot I should be banned from looking at stuff on Tumblr before the episode because I was like, <laughs> "Yes, Buck is going to babysit Christopher when they go when Eddie goes to El Paso. So I was already like angry with myself for getting so caught up in that that I was disappointed. Like that's the problem for me. I I, I think I'm enjoying all the episodes. I'm sure I will enjoy season five on my rewatch way better because I've I know what happens now and I've not built up an idea inside my head mm-hmm. like I did, particularly with the hostage episode. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh, it was right. so much. We write the whole episode before it comes out, like as a fandom. Really we just like, we're like, this is what's going to happen. And if it doesn't, it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Even though like, I'll know, I'll know in my my mind, I'll be like, this is what I want to happen. And it doesn't make any logical sense. Like, why would Buck and Eddie kiss in this episode? Like, you know, like, <laughs> why yeah. would that happen? Yeah. <laughs> and then it, it doesn't Honestly. happen and I'm still somehow disappointed, even though I told myself that was ludicrous. I think, like, I think that's uh, a skill you can learn, like, to like get all these he- see all these head cannons and theories and whatever and like take them in but not let them take root until afterwards i, I learned that from destiel ah yes <laughs> you gotta, you gotta i need that. somebody to teach me this skill because like i can't like <laughs> i mean to be fair we did have like the video or audio of like ryan screaming buck while they were filming oh, that yeah. scene and we're, and that's one of the reasons why we and really Oliver lost our shit like, and then we find out it was a hostage thing and it's like, all right, well, you know, we got to. <laughs> we got some gorgeous art from it, though. Yeah, we did get gorgeous art. We got amazing fan fiction like weeks yeah. before, you know, the episode. Art so that got shared. Yeah. I think I have an easier time with this, too, also because I'm asleep the like last 
two or three hours before the episode airs. So I'm not getting those like last minute promos. And like, I didn't see the uh, Buck Lucy kiss until I saw it in the episode because I was asleep oh my by goodness. the time they dropped that promo. <laughs> oh, wow. Like it, it dropped at around like 1 a.m. my time. It was time. Like, pretty, yeah, pretty like close to the episode actually yeah, airing. It was like mm-hmm. one, uh, two hours before airtime yeah. or something I, like I was that. Surprised. So, so I, w- I, yeah, I woke up at like, I think I woke up at 6 then to watch the episode and I was like huh and then I saw the like group one of my group chats just being like discussing this oh oh okay that dropped beforehand that's interesting (laughs) um but yeah so like I I miss the last few hours of speculation before the episode airs because I'm like I I need to sleep (laughs) yeah see that would be better for my health because I'm like two hours before like earlier than you so it's not as late for me and I remember for that episode I wasn't going to watch it live I had never watched an episode actually live actually until that point I'd watched them like the day after because that was all I was able to really get them because I Mm -hmm. hadn't figured out how to stream them live yet so I had no intentions of watching it live I was going to watch it on the Tuesday and then I worked myself up into such a state over the interview and the promo clip oh, no. that I, I I like it got to the point where I was so hyped like and so like anxious like ridiculous levels that I was like I genuinely was like well it's fine I'll go to bed now and in the morning I'll just look at all the spoilers on Tumblr before I watch the episode because I'm too stressed and then I was like maybe I'll just sit up and watch the episode so I remember at midnight streaming an episode online for the first time ever uh, because I was like, I, I this is the only way I'm going to be able to, I'll not be able to sleep tonight if I don't. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I am unhealthily attached to this show. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we understand. This is, this is the place. Yeah. Yes. Back to 5.11 real quick and then we will move on to the other episodes. <laughs> um, but also like the dinner scene and the way that that is staged, you know, oh, you've got Taylor to, to the back, to you know, to the camera she's not lit as much and then you have like Buck and Eddie across from each other and Chris and they really did everything that they could to like block Taylor from that scene other than the brief discussion that Eddie and her have and like just Eddie's face throughout it all like I I believe that the conversation of inviting Buck to dinner went something like this and it was Eddie hey why don't you come over I'm gonna cook dinner and Buck is like, great, fantastic, can't wait. And Eddie said, actually, go ahead and invite Taylor and bring like bring her along. And Buck would have been like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, yeah, um, I'm cooking, so don't worry about it. And like, that's part of it. And I think that in Eddie's mind, he's like, I'm going to show you up. Like, I'm going to show... I think there's a post, too, that was like, I'm going to wife him better than you can. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, that is so accurate. <laughs> I think it's so interesting, Frida, that you said just now about how that you kind of could take it that Taylor doesn't eat Buck's home cooking. Because mm. I, as I say, like oh, I'd always yes. just assumed like Buck didn't want it, like Buck uh, didn't want to cook for Taylor. That's how I'd always like yeah. you know reconciled the idea that he makes pancakes for Christopher all the time, but yet he can't mm. make them for Taylor. I was like, he doesn't want to make them. So I like the idea that you got that he Taylor doesn't like the home cooked food because it's the same. Like she doesn't eat Eddie's food. But Buck absolutely consumes it like as much as physically like shoves it in his mouth. Because I just think like it's that's a really interesting way of thinking about it. Because although Taylor obviously gives the excuse that Buck told, and it's all for the joke that Eddie can't cook, um, 
but Taylor doesn't really even look like she likes the taste of it. Like, yeah, okay, no. she's full, but surely if you were eating a meal that was that tasty and you couldn't eat, you'd all, you'd be disappointed that you couldn't eat it because you're mm-hmm. so full. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But she's just like, it's just peak uncomfortable, that whole scene, and Eddie is so... That sort of smug way he is about it. <laughs> I love his bitchy little face. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fascinating. I felt so many ways when I was watching that that scene um, because Eddie just looks so tired, and you you could see like the difference between like you know five ten and five eleven. But at the same time, he's also being so sassy, and so I mm-hmm. felt like a roller coaster of emotions where I'm like, For sure. Eddie, are you okay? But I'm also like, Eddie's being sassy to Taylor. Mm. You yeah. know, and Buck, and- Buck doesn't speak to Taylor once in that scene. Yeah, like Taylor. Taylor speaks to Eddie, but Buck only speaks to Eddie as well. Yeah, there's only one moment whenever, like, when Eddie goes back into the kitchen, that like Buck looks over at Taylor, and yeah. like it's understood that he's gonna go after after him. And I'm like, wow, like that's the understanding that you have that as soon as your best friend gets up, you're like you're gonna go ahead and talk to him. Like, like that's that's insane. But even like. There was one thing that I would, so, so they go into the kitchen, right? And he's made chocolate cupcakes for dessert. And now we know that Taylor does not eat chocolate. Like, cause in season two, she very, you know, uh, very boldly states, does it look like I eat fudge? And <laughs> like Eddie must know at the very least, Buck definitely knows. And it's like, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, this is not for her. <laughs> and it's just it's just the exclusion of it all. I just think it's great. And then how romantically coded the conversation that they have in the kitchen is, you know, with the moving like, on. Like I've moved on. And I'm like, who says that? Like, yeah. yeah. Who says it in that way? Yeah. You know, and I'm like, and I'm supposed to be normal about this. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and and yeah, and, and then like moving on to like the bar scene and the way that's lit, you know, oh. lit. And I I've actually gone back to that scene maybe like like four or five different times because I'm like, I, I really need to see it as objectively as possible. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can't deny the fact you can't see Hen and you ver- and you can't really see Bobby. You can see a little bit of Lucy. You primarily see Buck mm-hmm. and you can see that that's where his eyes zero in on. And I'm just like, wow, they're really laying this on thick. Like, and we knew, we knew that like, Eddie loses his shit whenever like he can't talk to Buck. Buck f- feels the exact same way, and that's why he do he does reckless things. But it really just kind of sets up the rest of the tone for that episode of mm, for sure, you know. And and I think it it furthers like enables Buck to do what he did. Not that you know cheating on Taylor is is Eddie's fault, but that he tends to do reckless things when he do- when he feels like he's alone. Mm-hmm. and he needs to feel something like he needs to kind of like get a hold of something so he self-sabotages yeah and the fact that we found out in a later was it i can't remember if it was in the same episode or a later episode that um eddie was he knew that eddie was supposed to come that he had invited him there yeah. mm-hmm. and, oh, yeah. uh, and that, the that probably also was part of why he just let himself go get a bit. drunk yeah he got mm-hmm. drunk and and he got plastered, really. I mean, yeah. you know, when the hen's taking him home, you can it's see like fantastic <laughs> scene. Such a great scene, yeah. but you can see like how I think is that the most drunk we've seen him? Probably in the yeah. show. Yeah. I think it is. I think so. Yeah. And it's uh I, I know many people have said this on Tumblr, but like if Eddie had come there and sat with them, that uh, never, Buck that Lucy kiss kiss oh, yeah, never, that would, never would have happened. And you can argue about why. 
I mean, I think a lot of us have our opinions, but it 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 never would have happened. Mm-hmm. There's no yeah. way that kiss would have happened for yeah. a bu- you know a bunch of reasons. I agree. I just like it because I think it really highlights like that that scene in the kitchen where Eddie says I've moved on, and you see how devastated Buck looks when Eddie says that. To me, it just absolutely then illustrates that when that happens at the bar, that the reason Buck is in that bad place when he's in the bar is because of Eddie. It's not mm-hmm. like it's not anything to do with like obviously his relationship with Taylor is like a like you know it's a car crash it's a mm-hmm. very slow mo car crash um and it's not but it's he's feeling bad about Eddie in that moment I think that's how I have always read that that episode and that like that setup of scenes yes that makes yes, sense I, I agree yeah and it's interesting that you said. Um, Bex about the framing of the shot of Buck being the focus when Eddie comes into the bar because I really noticed that in the episode but then as you say like you're trying to be objective you're like but am I am I just seeing what I want to see here but yeah. I made a gift set and I wanted that scene but I wanted it to be about the 118 not about Buck and Eddie specifically and I was like how do I take this shot and manage to adjust the color like their lighting so that we can actually see Hen and like, and actually not cut off Bobby with how much I'm with, because I was cropping it to a square or something. And it was actually so difficult to make it mm-hmm. not just look like it was focusing on Buck. Mm-hmm. And that was the point at which I was like, no, I didn't imagine this. Like it, it, it that is how it looked in the show. Even if I take mm-hmm. off, take out my body brain and look at it from a completely non-shipper point of view, it was hard. It was just impossible. It was focused all on him. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I rewatched the scene after, um, I saw a post, like a text post that was just saying like he was bathed in light and everyone else was in darkness. And I'm like, is that a bit exaggerated? I feel like I feel like I would have noticed that more obviously in the moment. And I went back and watched it. I'm like, no, no, they're right. (laughs) And he's dressed in he's got a white hoodie. Yeah. So it's like if at the end of the day he wasn't bathed in light, he's still standing out. Which Mm -hmm. he never You know, nobody else is wearing that. Buck in white means danger. Again, going back to the costume methods. (laughs) Thank you, Kim. But like (laughs) he's never worn that white hoodie with his his outfit before. Like the next time he wore it was when they were talking about uh, Jonah with Uh, Hen and Chimney and, and Taylor. Which let's also like mention too. Somebody else pointed this out, um, which was that Taylor and Buck never relate to each other while Buck is in uniform. Like they don't, um, after they get together, like they don't interact while they're in uniform. So I found that really interesting um, because even um, during May Day, she's there. She's reporting on it. I mean, listen, we'll talk about the hospital scene, (laughs) but like, you know, they never interact. They never talk. And they're right there. And then after she speaks to Lucy, you know, she walks away, grabs some coffee and, at the hospital. And Buck is just like, it ain't my business. I got Eddie in front of me. That's all that matters. <laughs> like, <laughs> like relatable, but. Yeah. yeah. And it, that is very interesting because I think in a lot of other uh, character relationships that aren't on 911, you you know, you might be like, well, that's, you know, the, the job you take it off at the end of the day. Like that's kind of the thing. But like for Buck, it's so part of his personality and who he is and like his family his whole you know found family is uh the 118 like that's that's part of him and so it is interesting that we haven't really we never really saw that it makes sense yeah and you can see that it's on purpose because in the very last scene when taylor gives her key back then he has the lafd shirt 
on yeah. again. Yeah. Yep. And then, and even in the Christmas episode, so she's at the firehouse doing another story. They don't talk. She talks it's to Bobby. True. They don't talk also. And it's just like, there's such a, again, he's compartmentalizing it so much. And the only times that we see Bo- uh, uh, Taylor and Buck relate to people outside of the firehouse is at Eddie's house for that one scene for that dinner scene, which again, she's outsider looking in, you know, very apt title for, mm-hmm. for the episode um, in more ways than one. And then with Hen and, and Chimney. And that's, and that was very work related. So I just, it, it really kind of, they did a really good job of just really putting out those seeds of being like, this ain't going on for long. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they really did well at somehow the scenes where Buck and, and Taylor were, they were like straight up interacting and close together in proximity maybe, but like the framing didn't actually make it feel like that versus in, you know, like what a Buck and Eddie's relationship and in, in a lot of five a and was so separate and it, they showed that distance to yes. us. Mm. So yeah. it's just interesting how the frame, like, you know, they really were purposeful in the framing of, yeah, I keep thinking about that shot in the in the hospital in the mm-hmm. hostage episode of like where yeah. Eddie is in the foreground but he's in the shadow and everyone else is kind of on the other side of the room and Buck is like the furthest away. Yeah. And, and that's it's, just it's weird like why Eddie chose to sit all the way on the opposite side as everyone mm. else. Oh yeah, and that but then also um you know when 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 Mitchell had shot himself and like and Eddie's trying to keep his heart going and all these people are running out and he's just like, Buck, like you're one, you've got doctors, nurses all the way around you. And it's like, Buck, I need you to get this. And it's just, it's very, you know, just the way that they wrote uh, Buck and Eddie this last half of the season, I found it very purposeful to tell mm-hmm. one complete narrative of they are a unit over and over, even through the separation that happened through 5A and you can, you know, and you see that story being laid out further because of the trauma with Eddie and, you know, having faced that. Um, but through the, all of that, you know, like Bug said at the, at the end of the the season, like, what is love? Love is, you know, when you're at your best, when, I mean, when they're at their worst, you're at your worst, like, and you still choose to keep fighting for it. And it's like, that's what you guys did. And then when you highlight it even further with, so you have Maddie and Chimney's uh, episode for Boston, which is, such an incredible episode. Fantastic. Um, so moving. I bawled through the majority of it. Um, I will admit. So incredible. Did, and then, so you have that. <laughs> but that's because it's triggering for me. <laughs> it yeah. it, no, it is an intense fair. episode. Um, but you've got that romantic relationship. And then you have Chimney and Hen as the platonic relationship. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at Buck and Eddie through it, it's like, Okay, you're really going to have to put them in one of these two camps because you see the similarities and who do they, you know, mirror the most. And it's Hen and Chim or in season four, it was Bobby and Athena. So it's like, you know, you constantly see them, you know, be or, or at least play out these these romantic notes that you see other couples do on the show. Yes. And the show doesn't shy away from being able to show you those parallels. Um, yeah. And I, I find that really great. I think that's one of the absolute 
best things that the writers and the directors and everyone are doing are sh- showing these subtle parallels, sometimes more subtle, sometimes it's more like we're hitting you over the head with it. Do you get it yet? <laughs> yeah. um, but since it's not canon yet, like we, of course, can't confirm, but I think that we all agree that it's pretty obvious in what direction they seem to be yeah. going. And uh, that's when it, why it grinds my gears when I see people online being like, oh, why are they doing this? Can't the writers see what they're doing? I'm like, no, it's on purpose. They're <laughs> doing it on purpose. It's not, yeah. they're not writing this by accident. Every word yeah. is very carefully weighed. I, I understand why those people feel that way. I just don't think they need to hound on it constantly because it's it's silly. But I yeah. I do get it as someone who watched a love story being written on accident. <laughs> it's the for, steel trauma. Yeah, <laughs> like I get that, but but I I totally agree that like you don't need to constantly be questioning the writer. Like if you don't if you don't like it, watch another show. If you can't get over that, if you really don't trust them that much, like I don't fully trust the writers a hundred percent ever but like i trust them enough to keep watching yeah you know? listen yeah. sometimes i sit back and i'm like okay if fucking eddie don't work who could possibly come in I, and become a partner to <laughs> that's them that's the question isn't it i've had that conversation yeah and i literally like i've down to the point where i thought of okay what would be their professions because somewhere along the line like it has to be something where they could where their partner can you know relate and and be supportive in that way like or or be like a Karen like Karen is is supportive even though she's not in the same field but she's supportive and she's and she loves Hen like that whole storyline with Jonah you know whenever they're sitting down at the dinner table and you know Karen says like you know you've always let you know trusted your instincts and from the beginning you didn't you know you you felt off about him so like, I'm here to support you through it, you know? And, like, <laughs> I love Chimney being, like, you know, Hen was like, you believe me? And he's like, always. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. great. Get, get you a BFF like, like Chimney and Hen. Yeah. Yes. And as you were saying, the contrast that they've set up between where you can see what, and all the way through the show, the, the, what the relationship that Hen and Chimney have with one another. Um, but I felt like it was particularly loud at that end of those, that, that, that mm-hmm. uh, episode 17, that you were like, they have this as deep as close a relationship as buck and eddie but it's not the same thing you know the way they talked about their trauma afterwards in the hospital bed and compare it to buck and eddie on a hospital bed talking and it's just like the difference is miles wide it's Mm -hmm. so completely different well and henham chimney are are not afraid to to say what they mean to one another Mm -hmm. like that is my best friend like i don't know what i would do without you like they can say that and they can see it. And we, and we see two best friends that mean the world to one another. Like we don't question that uh, like a moment, no matter what their sexuality may be, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, Buck and Eddie, it's like they, they talk around it. They talk on the outside of it. Like they don't, you know, they don't touch it. So mm-hmm. they need yeah, to touch the it. The silence and, is very loud. Oh yeah. It really is. And I'm, you know, one of the things that, I was excited that they did. And I really do think it lays um, storyline wise um, for Eddie, like moving forward was that nightmare sequence in 514, um, you know, when he's with uh, 
with Chris and he gets, you know, shot in the leg and then, you know, like he tips over. And I think I like actually like wrote some notes whenever I saw it and it was like, okay, so the first shot, that's Afghanistan. We're touching that trauma in 5B. Okay, that's happening. And I'm like, the shooting was the next part of that nightmare. So I think that's the next thing that they're going to touch on is the shooting. And then after that, it's the well. So I think that that's the order that they're going to talk to. And the well, I'm equating that to the will. Yes. Like, I don't think, I think the will is going to be the very sense. last thing that they're going to talk yes. about. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So I re- I, I'm, I'm hoping that it kind of follows that and I hope that they don't drag it out too much. Although in my <laughs> notes, I wrote, okay, 5B Afghanistan, 6B shooting, well, 7B. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I hope it doesn't wait that long. <laughs> that oh my god! Suck. Maybe six. But maybe six they'll talk a, about the will. Six B. Yeah, but maybe they'll talk about the will after they get together. Because that's another thing too. Like, mm-hmm. I think Buck and Eddie have such great storylines that that need to keep happening after they get together. Yeah. Like, there's I I want to talk about like, you know, and I know I'm like getting ahead of you know five season five and season six so <laughs> you're like, like skipping even season six I, seven. I know like, things that haven't even <laughs> happened but like i want to talk about you know eddie's issues with possibly getting married again like that's that's gonna be an issue for him like does he want to have other kids like you know i know that you know chris means the world to both of them but like does buck want other kids do they feel like they're not going to be on the same page on that like what about like working together does one of them need to move like the you know all that all the logistics of them being together is enough story to really like sustain um, like episodes to come. So like there's stuff that may not be dealt with until after the fact and they can do that well. Yeah. Well, just since you, you're, you're dragging us out of, out of season five (laughs) through season six into the beyond. No, um, I want to move get us on to talk about season six in a second but just before that i just wanted to double check if there was anything that you wanted to touch about season five that we haven't covered um i cannot believe that they there was no hug at all in season five and especially (laughs) in fear of phobia i am livid over it still (laughs) like in my mind it happened we just didn't see it 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 i I will be livid until they hug that is the (laughs) perpetual feeling i will have I think uh, I agree with whoever was who posted it online that like the next hug is gonna be a kiss because yeah. <laughs> there's just so much tension in between them That's, right now on I screen. Agree. I, I want it to happen now, but I also kind of want them to drag it on a little longer because I mm-hmm. love a slow burn. Mm-hmm. But I'm also dying. But yeah, it is kind of like my pay. I, I'm this this yeah. close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no. shrinking. I I cannot handle much more. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to like the last scene of um, or one of the last scenes in 518 between uh, Bobby and Eddie. Like they've got such a great relationship, but just like the quote that says, whatever responsibility you take for Jonah, make sure you take some credit for me. Like that is such a powerful like quote, especially, you know, a good, I guess, like button on the end of like Eddie's arc. And, you know, of course he still has other things to deal with, but it really kind of like puts the ball in Bobby's court as like, okay, now take what I've learned through this season, <laughs> through my through my time in therapy and kind of like apply it to yourself as well. And I, I just, I absolutely loved that. I thought that was really great. And um, also rest in peace, the LAFD budget. They've gone through three ladder trucks. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I don't. It just kept like, going. They just keep going through them. 
Yeah, I kept, kept going. Those are expensive trucks. So mm-hmm. um, I would love for them to mention something like that <laughs> like, yeah. down the line. Like, man, this is our fourth one. I hope they get a kind of older, busted up one. That'd be kind of <laughs> like, you know, just like, we don't trust you with them. <laughs> Not the 118, no way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I could shout out my absolute favorite scene in everything, which is the the God Has Spoken scene in Mayday. Oh, yes. Like All that whole Mayday. starting with when Carrie Yu starts playing again, like we were mm-hmm. touching on before. Uh, I cried my eyes out. I just recently saw someone reblog that scene uh, onto my dash and I cried my eyes out again because it's so beautifully shot and you can feel the like 118 coming together. Mm-hmm again and then the, the power walk and uh then the whole like i just God has screaming they're which a is family just... <laughs> yeah my well somebody made a post i was like this is the 118 begins like yeah begins again like that would be like that scene i'm like oh that's that's so true yeah that's poignant that was a that was a made it was a really great um, oh yeah yeah it, it, really it, it would episode. be it could be like in the running for my favorite episode i think yeah, yeah same mm-hmm. It's my favorite episode from season five. Oh, it absolutely. is me too. Yeah. Uh, although the call in FOMO, the uh, with the mom falling down. Oh my, oh gosh. my gosh! Oh. Can I just say I watched that in an airport the day after because I was traveling oh, for work, no. and I'm like, I need to watch this because I was seeing gifts all over the place, and I'm so I sat at a Starbucks, and we get to that scene, I've got tears running down my face, and I'm like, I hope nobody's looking at me right now <laughs> because this is so emotional. Again, prime example of how we can care for a character yeah. in under two seconds. Mm-hmm. But that was, wow, that was amazing. That was so good, yeah. Yeah, that I've, I've rewatched that scene too many times. Just, I don't, like, why do I make myself cry like this? I don't know, but, like, the whiplash, uh, emotional whiplash of, like, that episode because you're like, haha, this is so funny and fun, and then that call, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. And, and Chimney... Like the callback to Shannon and yeah, yeah, that mm. that scene got me. Making I think, that call was mm. definitely for me one of the most powerful of of the season. Absolutely, yeah, cool. So we're gonna talk about season six now. Uh, and I was uh, saying before we got started recording that I originally was gonna ask for predictions for the first episode of season six, but since we just got for us when we're recording, we just got yesterday. Uh, the release of the promo with the with the blimp or not the blimp as it may be the zeppelin as it may be uh, but I wanted to ask for your what your first I guess reaction to that was uh, and also like your thoughts on it now um it's it's interesting <laughs> yeah. like, it's it's nothing that I would have predicted I mean, I know that we had talked about like the cruise being a thing and I remember looking at the map of California being like where the heck can a cruise come inland close enough to the 118 would respond to it? Like, and like, there's no way. Um, but I never in a million years thought that there would be a blimp accident in a football game. I, I find it interesting that it's a football game and not a baseball game. I know that, you know, some people said baseball, but I'm just thinking like at the Dodgers stadium, that would be insane. But, but it, also, it was like an LA galaxy thing. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, it looks like yeah, like soccer, football, not American football, yeah, sorry, which yeah. is like what I what I yeah, yeah. Uh, immediately latched I'm onto Spanish. as well. I was like, we also call it football. Frida and I, <laughs> were, yes. yeah, we were just like, oh, football yeah, field, football. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the biggest sport in the rest of the world. Funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. My first thought when I saw the blimp or zeppelin was, lol. 
like out loud. <laughs> I was just like, but but you know, thinking about it more, I I'm on board with it as a disaster because I think I saw someone compare it to like the train derailment and how those smaller disasters can actually be not smaller but like more isolated Mm -hmm. disasters so it's not like they're running around town dealing with a bunch of stuff it's you know one space like there's so much that could go wrong there you know it's like and it's again with the there are people there just like enjoying their day they're not doing anything dangerous they're Mm -hmm. just like in a stadium watching the Mm -hmm. game so it calls back even more to the whole like nowhere is safe yeah like you can be worried about for example how eddie like mirrored his own yeah insecurities and fears on like well christopher is worried about me uh Mm -hmm. nowhere is safe you can be at a football game and then uh blimp slash zeppelin crashes yeah yeah it would be interesting if if a couple of members of the 118 are at that game Mm -hmm. like to kind of like add a little bit more to it i don't know if that's something that that they'll do but I agree because I think the disaster, quote unquote disaster in season five was a little bit too far reaching and like there wasn't enough focus as to what the actual disaster is. I know that the blackout was a thing and then we had the hackers and then the zoo thing. So it's like, all right, which one is it? I know that it's supposed (laughs) to be like a domino effect and like build on one another, but like the payoff wasn't really there. So I think, Mm -hmm. I think whenever they do something big, but it's localized, I think that that's where they they thrive yeah i think that's actually one of uh one of my hopes for season six is that they would bring back the hacker somehow because the way they wrapped that up was just like oh well they have just disappeared all of a sudden yeah so it's got potential ish for coming back somehow um i don't know how like is this how like this is how the hacker jonah can still win or whatever but uh (laughs) (laughs) can the hacker uh, break into a zeppelin yeah Yes, the thing that can happen nowadays. Everything is connected Probably. to technology, so that's actually an interesting theory that we could, you know, really turn into some fanon. <laughs> it was the hacker all along. Um, yeah, and especially considering, I mean, obviously, our first responders, like even Athena, like wouldn't have anything to do with an investigation of this scale. But the way that the hackers messed with the airport. Uh, to me mm. like that i i'm feel like that would be like a huge thing that the you know like some several government agencies in my opinion would be like looking into and mm-hmm. so it is interesting that it didn't really come back around much um other than uh the people who came to investigate at the um, at the 911 call center yeah and that was for a separate reason yeah wasn't it? yeah completely yeah. separate yeah, yeah but i remember i think there were fbi Right? Something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there were FBI's. I think that was in Powerless, right? Because that was another one where there was a blackout kind yes. of scenario. Yeah, yeah, and, and it was, was like, like the thing. transformer had been taken out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I think those are our thoughts on the blimp. Is yeah, I don't, I don't really have many, many thoughts except that it can be devastating with all like you know, go yeah. watch a game that's usually or very often it's like. A family thing to do you know the yeah. parents take their kids to a game so it has great potential for much devastation yeah yeah and i think yeah. that's the thing because i think we're all like i i'm also kind of like as like you steph like laughing at the blimp but not in that i don't think it will be good disaster just in that i think it's such a like 
out of left field thing that I wasn't expecting. And I think somebody on Tumblr said that they think the word blimp is funny. And I was like, I think that's actually part of it as well. Is that it, blimp is a funny word. Jack that's made the post that it was like big, it was like big blue blimp or something like that. And like, <laughs> I laughed out loud at her, like, or their word usage of, of just like blimp. Somebody said they'd been reading blimp as like gimp or something oh, yeah. like that. And that made me laugh. <laughs> yes, I saw it at yeah, first. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but so so I've been really enjoying the blimp. But I, I I kind of think like, is it going to be totally devastating? We've all just been like, ha ha ha, lol, blimp. And then like, it's going to be really sad because as you say, it's a day of people enjoying themselves at the stadium. And then it's an absolute like, like tragedy that occurs. So yeah. uh, I'm enjoying it for the moment, but I don't know if it's going to be absolutely like devastating to have it actually happen in the episode. Mm-hmm. I wonder how it's going to tie in with the with the um, episode titles because the first one is "Let the Games Begin," and then the second episode, unless it changes like it did today, um, <laughs> is you know is "Crash and Learn." So I I don't know if it's going to be a disaster that's two episodes or if it's just going to be one. Um, or it's or, like season three where the crash happens at the very end of the first episode. Yeah, Actually, yeah, that's yeah, in yeah. season two as well. Like the big disaster comes mm-hmm, at the mm-hmm. very end of the first episode. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm leaning towards is that it'll be the disaster for the majority of it is going to be in season in or in episode two. But it would have to also be wrapped up in episode two unless, wait, what's three again? The, uh, the, the devil, devil you know. know? Which doesn't really feel like, yeah, I was, I was actually thinking it, it has to, it would start in, in episode one because of the title. Mm-hmm. It just feels a little too on the nose to uh, not start. I mean, at the very least, we know the end of it is probably going to have it, um, mm-hmm. you know, a call to it. But I, I feel like something like that to me seems like it could span two episodes the way the, ho- like the, the earthquake did you know like it was still isolated in the hotel but it still had like a lot of different things going on um and Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know I have a lot of thoughts on on the blimp disaster potential and uh where where the arc could go over like you know a few episodes it I feel like it would be nice if it was one and two but yeah I don't know I feel like well, it's also even thinking like, are Bobby and Athena even there? Mm. Like, yeah, have they- that could be interesting. We saw that one behind the scenes clip of Hen in the captain's helmet. Yeah, I yeah. feel like it would be interesting if they weren't there yet. They weren't back yet. They're on vacation. We start Ooh, trying to tackle early. this. Yeah, we start yeah. pretty early in the episode with you know the the one eighteen kind of goofing off and. Mm-hmm. and everything and then you know shit gets really serious because uh, a zeppelin just crashed into a stadium full of people and then you know it's like bobby and athena aren't here and especially bobby obviously being their captain um you know how do they they handle this right now i think it i feel like it makes sense for me for the the first episode to just start a little bit without the disaster and then most of it be the disaster and, and how they're handling it. And things will only escalate right at the end of the episode. And then it really will get dangerous for our favorites. 
uh, which yeah. is kind of everyone at the 118. So, because <laughs> uh, I hadn't thought about like that, because I'd kind of always assumed that they were going to take the season two and season three structure for the first episode. So, like, have the disaster occur or be shown at the very end of the first episode and then have it take place over the next, like, episodes two and three. But with the titles, I do wonder if they're more likely going to do the season four version where they start as you say they start the disaster in the first episode but like not at the very beginning and then it it ends by the end of the second episode because i kind of for a little while i was like hang on a minute could the blimp just be the episode one disaster and then there's still something that happens with the with the with this cruise ship if it ever is a cruise ship situation (laughs) but then with the titles it seems more like the blimp is the, the the sort of the main disaster um so then i was like well maybe we see bobby and athena on the cruise in episode one having like a good time but doing whatever they're going to be doing because there's going to have to be something weird going on with them um probably more like a like a crime or a mystery yeah, type thing, thing. yeah i would sleuthing. love to see more of that yeah so that's what i that. assumed they'd be up to so maybe we'll see them doing that and then like the rest of the 118 with captain wilson like having some shenanigans mm-hmm. uh and then as you say lead into this disaster that will then be the the what will be episode two will be focused on on that disaster yeah i would love to see incident commander hen mm. for that disaster <laughs> that oh awesome. yeah she'd be so good at that the titles are also interesting because i mean maybe the blimp does go into the third episode i just don't really know how the title could tie into that with the new change i mean even the old (laughs) title which i guess we should in case they update it again (laughs) we should probably say (laughs) yeah so what at the moment episode three is the devil you know and at the moment episode four is animal instincts which is a change from before episode three was animal instincts and episode four was evil (laughs) yeah which when animal instincts came out everybody just jumped on (laughs) the friends with benefits man. they absolutely like, like they wrote it, it was they like, were this like is this for sure is happening it. uh i was just like sitting there and shaking my head and be like i respect people's head cannons but i do not see this oh i just took it more as kind of like a fun thing that folks oh, were doing sure. i didn't take it in any serious way yeah, i'm not no, taking it, was... it at all seriously but i think i can actually see potentially how it could be written into the show in a way that makes sense but I don't like, think it's actually going to happen. <laughs> I mean, we'd have to, I, I feel like we'd have to kind of like let go of so much storytelling in the first three episodes to kind of uh-huh. like build that foundation. Yeah. But it was freaking hilarious. Like just how, and I'm like, listen, dream big. Um, this is my, <laughs> Yeah. I think I mentioned it to you, Rachel, where I was like, this is my favorite time of the year where we just take like a grain <laughs> of information and we're like, here's a tree. Um, uh, like, this is this is how Eddie in the elevator can still win. Yes, <laughs> actually, I think I made that ethical post truth where I'm or like, conflict. I am yes. still an ethical truth, uh, conflict truth. Like that's even my... though Taylor's like done for, I oh. still want ethical conflict. <laughs> well, I think I, I actually believe, like, made I a believe. post where I was like, "Friends with Benefits" was our was our stuck in the elevator all this time. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing for me was the fact, like, and it was like five minutes basically between Nova releasing the episode, like the episode <laughs> uh, ti- titles, 
no the episode um yeah the episode titles and then the episode dates Mm -hmm. which then when Mm -hmm. we got the dates we realized there was no christmas episode as it was like because they changed it but for those five minutes where like whoever it was that said oh you know they've, they've withheld the title for episode 10 so it must be uh, like a mistletoe. We're going to get the buddy mistletoe kiss. Mm. And I was like, yes, that sounds great. And then literally five <laughs> minutes later, it was like, oh, no, there actually isn't an episode so 10 then in we have to 6A have and benefits. 6B. <laughs> yeah. that was a, the only logical conclusion, yes. <laughs> Although with Henren begins being oh. the title. Oh, I can't begin. They Which, did, I can't believe they did that. Can I just say, I've been saying for the longest time, Hen is due a catastrophe. Because oh, yeah. Hen has been spared too good, too long. some serious, it, like, I mean, yes, she's been underground during an earthquake, but she was fine. She wasn't like hurt or anything like that. And then, you know, in the crossover episode, like she was stuck mm-hmm. in a mine with with Owen, like she was fine. You know, over here, you've got Chimney who's been stabbed. Bobby's been shot. <laughs> like Bug's been crushed by a, you know, by a ladder truck and, and in a tsunami. And Eddie's been, you know, stuck down a well and also shot. And Hannah's over here living her best life, which, you know, <laughs> fair, you know, she's wise and she could probably get out of danger. But like, I think, I think she's owed some. Yeah. And, and I said this, you know, like a year and a half ago, and I even have it in my notes. And as I was like thinking up to this podcast, I was like, man, I got my wish. And I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Cause I think, because it's in any hurt. begins episode leading up to it, it's always like something bad happens. Like it's never. Mm-hmm. And like the episode before Henren begins is home invasion. And we know that their car got broken into yes, in season five. Like that's, that's Which something that they may have sewed. Didn't back tie then. back to Jonah. Right. Uh, if I remember correctly. Never. No, we thought that it would. No. Yeah. But they didn't actually tie it back. No, no, we don't. We don't see that. Yeah. So no, we never could, got a resolution to that. It is a loose thread still, potentially. Yeah, and I think it's yeah. I think you're right. I think you're gonna get your get your wish <laughs> because I think Sadly. that's to me the most logical. Monkey's is that I suppose maybe rather than it's, I mean, it could result in Hen getting injured in some way, but it seems more likely to be, you know, it seems more likely it's gonna be something bad happens to Karen. Like that's kind of what I feel like based on mm. the t- based on. I know it's. Be- I know they could just ha- they could have it be Hen because obviously we've had Hen begins. Yeah. So why? Why, like what would they do but we could have had hen begins again like we had with bobby yeah <laughs> so the hen they like the hen ren begins feels like purposeful it feels purposeful in a bunch of ways but especially also i think that's why people are like people joked about buddy begins before but it's like they weren't gonna put a ship name in the title of, and now it's like wait a second <laughs> <laughs> that could actually happen i almost felt like when I saw the title, I was like, they know that word? Like, the yeah. know that word? Like, that's ours. I felt, you know, kind of like beyond the looking glass kind of scenario. Yeah, like, almost like, what are you you're, doing? You're looking at us? Uh, wait, no. Wait, I, know, like, I know we joke about you reading the AOM tree, but like, are you for real? No, I think that uh, it was Emma Clusterbuck who who said that, like, yeah, maybe maybe they like know about the sheet, but even funnier would be if the writer's room was like, okay, so what should we call this? Like, Hen and Karen. Oh, Hen Ren. Oh, they're going to be so confused <laughs> yeah. about this. Yeah. I love that. Post. Like, they came up with it. They were like, yeah. yes, we're geniuses. And the rest of us are like, how did they know our secret? <laughs> <Yeah>. word? <laughs> but even like, I know that they had said, and I don't, you know, we don't pay attention to interviews and, you know, they lie all the time. But, you know, 
the last one that they said was this season was supposed to be lighter because, you know, season five was so heavy. But these titles are mm-hmm. omnias as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, they really don't look up. And you know what's interesting? So the, so episode nine is warning signs, right? Yes. And I was re-watching the last episode of season five, and Bobby says the word warning signs. Like, I miss the warning signs whenever he's talking to Athena. Oh. And the last time that happened, or that I, re- I recall it, was at the end of season one, whenever he's also talking to Athena, and they're in the church, and Athena says to him, well, this is the life we choose, which is the season finale episode title to season two, where Buck gets the fire truck or the ladder truck on top of him. So I was picking that up and I was like, oh God, what the hell is this episode going to be? Well, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be real strings, bad. We're tying them together. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say, I was going to say, Bex, get your board out for us. <laughs> you must know, right? have. <laughs> show us it. <laughs> got to get my strings back. Where is it? Arm. Bring it out and show I it to us like Bobby's together. one. <laughs> yes, I've connected the dots. I've connected the I literally dots. just caught that two days ago. so i haven't had enough time to really kind of like sit on it but that was i just wrote a note on it because i'm like that's gotta mean something but i can't i don't know what it is i wonder (laughs) if it if it could be buck breakdown but bobby feels responsible maybe leading to bobby breakdown in end of season six i don't want him to actually relapse but i do Mm -hmm. want him to get really close to it i closer i yeah I don't, I'm, I'm one of those people, like, I don't want him to relapse um, because I I want to show recovery on a positive light yeah. that, yes. you know, with all of those struggles, like, you're able to still overcome it and lean on your support system. Like, you can come close. And, like, he came really close at the end of, se- uh, of season five. Um, but I think it's kind of recognizing who you have a- around you. I think that it's going to be Bobby gets hurt. And that's what inspires Buck just absolutely losing his shit. Yeah, I could so, see that. I could see because that. we've seen him like on the brink whenever Bobby has been in danger. Actually, that, that would make more sense with the end of Mayday. Yeah. yeah. And and another thing that I thought of is, okay, so in Mayday, a whole roof fell on Bobby. And they kept on recalling, you know, you know, you carry this operation on your back. Like, it's your back. Well, the thing that made Bobby first get hooked on was his addiction back, was a back brain. injury. And that was like referenced back in season one. So I'm like, so he hurt his back again. And then they really kind of touched on the whole made it, whether in the hospital, like Hen even mentioned it, like, you know, he has some pain in his leg. So we think that it might be like, you know, maybe some like a nerve injury or something. And I'm like, that, that's got to come back somehow. And I, I don't think it's going to be for anything good, but I, I don't, I hope that it's not a relapse thing. I, yeah. I trust them enough to handle it if it is, but I would I would prefer a more positive spin on him trying yeah, to. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you it. there. I I don't want to see him relapse. I think seeing him come as close as he did in the end of season five already showed uh, that it is a constant struggle. It's gonna be with you like the rest of your life, in one way mm-hmm. or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. how much the support system really really helps you in those situations yeah yeah and and i think that you know if if an accident does you know take place like i think ultimately i've always believed that bobby and athena are going to be the first characters to quote unquote leave the show not really leave i think they're just going to retire um i think athena is going to be first and then bobby's going to follow um and we're going to see them less and less because again we have to start highlighting other characters you know to to be able to continue the show on um so i think 
it would be a good segue for it's the only thing that I can think of, but listen, I'm not a freaking creator or writer on the show. So like, <laughs> who knows, but I think it would, it would kind of lead into something like that. Well, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm interested, like how, how long do you see the show going? Cause in, for me in my head, it, it's going to end at season seven, not just because the contracts that they, you know, we've kind of heard about, but I feel like that would give them enough time to really wrap up all the characters, stories and arcs, you know, by the end of, a, you know, a theoretical season seven. Yeah. I think by season seven is when we're going to start seeing people leave. Um, and again, that's when I think it's going to be like Angela Bassett and then, you know, but I, I think what we'll still kind of like see her kind of like pop in and out. Um, yeah, they like might Peter be Krause like down well. to recurring instead of main. Or yeah, something correct. Like that. Um, and then we'll see kind of focus on other ones. But I think ultimately, like, I think they can do it well. They can extend the show till about like season 10, 11. I think once you get to like season like 15, I know that Tim said that he wants to get to double digits. And listen, he can make it Steps happen. Triggered. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I know I said 15. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But we- Throw any other number at me. <laughs> once Why we get to 14 to and a 15? half, I'm so sorry. Once we get to um, season 14 and a half, uh, you had to start um, like your your group of main characters is should. I don't I don't know how you can comfortably do it if it still looks the same. It should look different. Mm -hmm. Um, At the very least, I think the last remaining members are going to be. And this is just, you know, throwing it out. there. I think the last remaining members that we see regularly, depending on how they feel about the show and listen, that I could be really off base is going to be Buck, Eddie, and Chim. I think those are going to be like the last three that we kind of like see regularly. Yeah. And then there's going to be a whole bunch of new people. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. I think like even getting up to season 10, it starts feeling like maybe you need to wrap up the story Yeah. by that mm-hmm. point. And like as much as, you know, we all would like to just see a 24-7 stream of these characters' lives and just <laughs> going about like, at some point, I would rather see this end before they start running out of ideas and start like having to create drama just to have some drama there. Yeah, yeah. That's like bones. that's why Please I'm don't do like bones. ended at seven. I've I've seen it happen to many shows, but especially you know to the biggest fandom I was a part of, and uh, you know I think seven seasons is a pretty good number. Um, obviously, I don't hope season six is the last. I think that season six would be a very good penultimate season uh but i don't think they have time in just season six to to wrap everything up so i would at least want a full season seven but i definitely don't think that we need more than you know eight at most um for me but i i think just my opinion is that i would prefer a spin-off than to keep dragging the show to the point kind of like what scrubs ended up doing with like it's entirely different characters in the last season and it's like why do that well i know why they would do that but you know to me it it feels kind of silly and i don't want to watch a show that's essentially completely different characters you know that that's great but make a spin-off or something you know yeah i think as long as they introduce them gradually like it can be done like probably kind of like criminal minds where yeah, you, know, you had kind of like people be. come in and out. Yeah. Um, I think, I think there's, there's ways of doing it. I know at the very least, I think um, Ryan and 
and Jennifer Love Hewitt, they're signed on until the end of season seven, if I'm not mistaken, because I in season so, two, yeah. they signed for think, six yeah. seasons. So, or six year contract, which I think will yeah. be until the end of season yeah. seven. I think that's um, why. But I think everybody else head. has to renegotiate. Yeah. In my head, it's like end of season seven gives us enough time for everyone's stories. Because, um, you know, Hen will theoretically be finishing up, you know, medical school to go like into a residency, right? Um, that would mm-hmm. be like her next step. Um, you know, and yeah, then, I'm really curious as to how they're going to tackle that. Yeah. Um, her going into, into residency. Cause that's, that should be happening this season ish. Yeah. And they kind of need to come back to that cause they haven't really focused on it much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The timeline is kind of like weird. Cause sometimes it feels like not a lot of time has passed between episodes, but then, you know, it has, the timeline on the show is fucked more and more often than yeah. not. Like, yeah. Can we just, yeah. can we just mention TV. Maddie had the longest gestational birth like oh, pregnancy? Gosh, yes. I was I like, know. how long was she pregnant for? But that was like, I think they made a big mistake of like retconning the beginning, the end of season three to take place like before the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, they, 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 did, they never said it out loud, but like with how season four began, it kind of felt like they're like, oh no, actually this happened before and yeah yeah we live certainly unprecedented times and we have to just kind of like (laughs) all right what actually makes sense and and all that but i will say that for you know for season six overall like i really hope that i know that i'm really excited that we're going to see more of karen or at least it feels that way because tracy toms is the freaking best she broke my heart in season five when she said everyone i've loved has loved you first (sighs) like bro lines like that was just wonderfuls yeah i've yeah, she's she's absolutely incredible. And um, so I hope that we see more of her. But particularly, I hope that we see more of her and Chim. Because yes. the scene yeah. of them drunk. Oh, it's so is good. Great. <laughs> so much betrayal. Like, just them playing <laughs> off of each other is just amazing. And then in the same token, I, I know that everybody has um, has said the exact same thing. But we need Maddie and Eddie to be... Yes. I need to Maddie be best and friends. Eddie to talk. I they need them so to have a talk. in so many yeah. ways. Yes, yes, that, and I think that's one of the things that it has. It, it it might have just happened, or they have written it intentionally. But that's they have so much that they could talk about, and that Eddie could give not advice, but like he knows what it's like to like run from your child mm-hmm. he knows what it's like and then to then come back and, to and miss feel so much. immense yeah. guilt over mm-hmm. everything you missed like they would have so so i've loved seeing seeing that being handled in fix and i really really hope we would get to see that on screen too yeah plus older siblings who had to grow up fast to take True. care yeah of, oh know. absolutely yeah which on the recommendation front real quick not to like switch gears but it reminded me of um, I don't know who made it, so maybe uh, Frida, you you found the other one so well, so I'm gonna throw it out there. <laughs> but the fic um, of where Maddie mentions to Buck, like, why doesn't Christopher call you Uncle Buck? Yes. Oh yeah, I know that one. That's a fic. Yes, I, I would. That, that like that somebody needs to mention that because it feels so wrong, and it's true. He doesn't say it. Like Chris has never called Buck like Uncle Buck. There's never been a brother relationship with eddie the last time they referenced to each other in any kind of platonic way was in three three whenever he said how do you tell your best friend that you've lost his kid like otherwise they don't 
you know, talk about their relationship. So it's just Buck and Eddie. That's just yeah. I yeah. I need that referenced in canon, but that's a great pick. <laughs> right, we're gonna we're gonna get onto recommendations in just a minute, but just before that, I just wanted to double check. Um, on we've said we want to see something definitely hen going through some kind of trauma i feel like we're listing off want all the traumas we want, to, we want hen to go through some kind of trauma this is supposed to be we a want fun to see, season <laughs> yeah, we want to see we want to see more karen we want bobby to have something uh ideally not uh relapse but to be injured potentially and to that to set off the buck breakdown and i think the main thing we haven't mentioned that everybody always seems to mention is that we assume that Maddie and Chimney are going to get back together, but we definitely mm. want that to to happen. Is there anything else that we've not mentioned that is like a big sort of hope of yours for season six? Either something that you think will happen or something that you don't know, but you would just really like to happen. Hashtag Athena quit your job. <laughs> I think by yes. the end of season six, that could definitely happen. Um, I'm going to hijack this one more time. So here's my theory for the end of season six A which is Bobby goes home for pilgrimage and because his father is sick and he goes to be able to, you know, he sees his brothers and something happened. Somehow he gets roped into some kind of rescue. There's a catastrophe. I think it's going to be a blizzard while he's up in Minnesota and that's how he gets injured and he's nowhere near the 118. And that's what causes Buck to have his breakdown. That is my theory. I found uh, Das like Christopher will call you Uncle Buck fic, by the way. Yes, yes please. It's uh, the, the definition of love and all things ineffable by Elven Sorceress. So genuine. Yes. There's still so many fics I need to read. I love recommendations. <laughs> yeah, um, season six, another another thing in general is I, I would just love to mix up some of the character pairings that we don't usually see together. But I also want more of what we got last season with like Eddie, May, and Linda. Like I want more... Uh, like their friendship even though i know eddie's not working at dispatch anymore and may's going to college you know i i i just i want more of that and um just like a mix-up of all the other characters like you know like eddie and lucy i want to see them interact so <laughs> bad um you know let's just throw let's just throw all the characters around and and kind of see how the chemistry is because that's that's what's so fun about this show is I love all these characters. So I just want to see, you know, how they all interact together and more group stuff. I just, that's what I really missed in, in season five is I just really want more stuff where all of them are together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want the filler episode. Yes. I want, I want mm-hmm. one, which is just absolute silliness of just the, the 118 being together if it's a bottle episode even better oh, just have please. them have yes. them stuck in the firehouse the whole day That's just give us like amazing. some That's shenanigans the in the style of of jinx and treasure hunt and these episodes and oceans yeah. 911 it's um please <laughs> listen yeah. let, let's let's talk to the producers of the show if you cannot make it happen for the actual season can we please crowdfund a webisode? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing I want. I think that's the thing I want the most is more fire truck scenes. I feel like we we got a great fire truck scene at the end Mm -hmm. of season five, but as we said, Eddie wasn't in there. We need more. I'm like, how are they all going to fit in the fire truck though when Eddie's back? Because I want Robbie and Lucy in there as well. So I need them all. Eddie sits in Buck's lap. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) 
I'm so there for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, somebody's got to drive the fire truck. So like, don't they usually have a a, another person entirely though? Like a yeah, it's like a non member of somebody you just don't even see. Which I (laughs) I would love to see their perspective. I think I saw a fic from their perspective, but this is like like season four, like or even before then maybe like an early season fic that I saw about like the perspective of the person who's in the truck with all these conversations, going to all these like calls and yeah, I don't know. It's certainly funny Mm -hmm. that it's just a random person. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cool. So that's our kind of hopes and wishes for uh, season six. We'll watch none of this happen now that we've said it. (laughs) We've put it into the world. And so now it won't take, it won't take place. Um, yeah, so before we kind of wrap up, I wanted to ask you guys for your recommendations for uh, any fan works that are your favorites or that you've uh, sort of experienced recently that you've really enjoyed. Just share some recommendations uh, for us. So I think we'll just go back to our order from the beginning. So Frida, do you want to start us off? Sure. Uh, I can actually start by shouting out. We talked about Horrori Baskai High Rollins 911 uh, makes absolutely fantastic posters and uh, like digital art of of them. Uh, Oliver Stark has put several of them in his Insta story mm-hmm. during 5B. Uh, they should hire her to make promotional material. Uh, also, shout out to the pro wrestling reference in her <laughs> in her username. And uh, the other I want to shout out is uh, Andavs on Tumblr. Their art is absolutely gorgeous. They make these uh, black and white drawings. You have probably seen at least the one of like uh, Buck and Eddie hugging after mm-hmm. the hostage yep. uh, mm. prizes. Uh, I'm, I have ordered a couple of them as just printouts. I want to order all of them because they are so, 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 so gorgeous. And then uh, I am a known. <laughs> AU alternate universe enjoyer in <laughs> fanfiction so I'm gonna list a few AUs I've, I've enjoyed recently uh, so the first is uh, A Bleeding Sun on a Silver Screen by uh, Rara Kiplin on AO3 uh, she's Hodies on Tumblr Zoe yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Actors AU I'm absolutely obsessed with it it is fantastic I read uh Two of the chapters I read while I was on a plane on a work trip. Uh, I cried on both of those <laughs> those occasions <laughs> in the airplane. I wrote absolutely unhinged comments. It's it's so beautifully told of like what if they were actors instead. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about it. And then we have uh, Stepping Into Fate by R underscore Holland. They're uh, onward, double dash upward on Tumblr. It's a hockey AU. Super, super, super sweet. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if you don't like hockey, you will probably like this one because it like starts off as, you know, Eddie coming in as a transfer to Buck's team and Buck is being his uh, bitchy <laughs> little self who doesn't want another pretty boy there. And so, uh, it, but it's, it's so, so sweet and also like tackles kind of the question of homophobia in the NHL overall really, really well, in my opinion. And uh, I don't know how many <laughs> I'm allowed to recommend. Give me, you give me one more. <laughs> okay, one more. Then I'm going to recommend uh, A Good Day to Be by Hetres. That's on both Tumblr and, and AO3, their name. Uh, it's dance instructor Eddie, uh, oh, yeah. who meets Buck, who wants dancing lessons for his sister's wedding. Buck is still a firefighter. But uh, 
I I've danced uh, previously, taken lessons and like been in a squad and stuff. I this fic made me miss dancing so so much. Like uh, I was just sitting there and being like, this exactly describes what it's like when you mm-hmm. feel the absolute joy in dancing and just feeling the music and feeling that everything run through your body. It's super sweet. It gets very rough with like Eddie's mental state at times, but it's it's really really good. I can't recommend it enough. That's great. Thank you very much for that. I'll go to you next, Bex, for your recommendations. Yeah, um, I think mine are kind of like littered throughout the podcast, but I'll just put them all together. So there's the which went the lawyer um, point of view. Yes, uh, fic for the will. So that is this life that we've created um, by Jack or. Oh gosh, whatever her AO3 <laughs> handle is. Um, it's fine. There'll be links one. to everything, so it's fine. Yes, <laughs> thank Christ. You're a lifesaver. Um, there's also the definition of love in all things ineffable, which is the Uncle Buck fic. That one's really great. I also want to give a shout out to, this is a slightly older one. This is Half Awake in Our Fake Empire by HMS uh, Lucia, uh, Lusitania. Lusitania, there we go. Um, I love child acquisition fix yeah and that one is beautiful i love that one i love that one yeah that's so good and um another really good one i don't i don't see this one referenced a whole lot but it's a uh, uh project rocket kismet eddie versus the universe i, have I don't know if you guys have read this actually yeah. i don't think i've seen that um it is amazing um let me see if i can get the summary real quick it's buck and eddie are sh- are straight until they aren't that is literally the summary. Um, okay. And it's it's really great. Highly recommend it. Makes me laugh, cry. They get stuck in a rocket. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. And then there's another one. I can't remember the title of it. Um, but it's... Oh, and now I totally forgot what the summary is. So I've actually cut this out too because I can't even remember. <laughs> I literally was in the, in the forefront of my mind and then I lost it. If I come back to it, I'll let you know. Yeah, um, if you remember, yes. you can let us know. Yeah, but those are... Those are my recommendations. Fuck, what was that other one? (laughs) If you remember, you can let us know. Otherwise, then thanks very much for those. And Steph, what about you? Um, Yeah, so I, uh, you had had a love on Chris on the uh, first like guest episode. So I'm just going to recommend like everything. Oh, everything she writes. Co-signed. Co-signed. Yeah, agreed. Um, of Men and Angels is like one of my favorite buddy fix. It's by uh, X Tess is Wings, um, oh, yeah. and it's like I was raised Catholic, and it's kind of like a a lot of like character study on that internalized homophobia and uh, that kind of stuff. So that one I absolutely uh, adore. It makes me emotional. It's so good. Um, let's see. Let me tell you about my feels. Uh, their fix, your fingerprints smeared on my heart. I adore uh, that me back one. To- that was a great one. I adore it. I just read it like fairly recently after hearing a lot of people talk about it. And mm-hmm. I'm not really an AU person for this fandom, at least. But this one ties into canon and uh, it's just so good. Like it's Cowboys AU, but like there, there's like reincarnation and oh, it gets me. It's really beautifully written. Um, yeah. And then... I'm going to mispronounce this because I mispronounce everything, but Nimika Nim, 
Naomi I'm glad Kerr. you're giving this a go because she was on or she was on my rec list. So I'm glad you're <laughs> going to try and pronounce it first. I would love to hear you also attempt to pronounce it. But... I thought it, I thought I was going to go Naimika. Naim- That's what yeah. I had decided I was going to say. Naimika so. Arts, um, Naimika Dash Arts, um, mm-hmm. just like her her body stuff, uh, her gift sets, her uh, drawings. Like I, I think uh, I just I love them. Um, so. I think like she makes some really amazing stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, definitely recommend her too. That's great, thank you. So I'll carry on with that just to to add on to the Naimika because she also has the eight a date picture post. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know. And if you don't know, you should check out this link because every time I see this post on my uh, Tumblr, and I'm going to show you guys this bit yeah. so you can see if you remember it. Uh, oh I've seen that one yes the minute I scroll down and realise that's the post I'm about to see I start laughing before I've even seen the rest of it because I know I know it is it's I don't know why but I think it's the funniest thing I've ever seen I don't know why but it's just it's hen's expression in the pictures it's the perfect it's just perfect it's hilarious it's a I'll link it down below. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, amazing. She's got fit. She's got gifts. She also has the funniest post that Rachel's ever seen. So, that's that. <laughs> Actually, other funniest post that... Other funny post. This funny gift set. The, the other one is a te- is a picture text post. Or a picture. Still image post. One of my other recommendations, then, is uh, Judson Ryder on Tumblr. They've got absolutely amazing gifts. And she has one that's like the buy book gift set so it's like gifts of bok with like tumblr <laughs> text posts about being bisexual uh and there's one that just makes me laugh so so much uh the pr- second gift in particular makes me absolutely lose it um because it's one of those things about <laughs> it's a hundred percent reason to remember the name is what it becomes at the end and it's just hilarious like uh so i love that gift set and i will obviously link to that down below but she also does just some other uh, really beautiful ones. I think it's her one as well that comes via the the Daily Buddy. Um, I want to say server, but that's not the right word for it, <laughs> is it? <laughs> you know the the Tumblr groups almost. That oh make, yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, I think so. She has one there. I think it's hers. That's the like wanting gift set, and it's a buddy one where the, there's different definitions of wanting uh, on the on the gifts, and that one I think is really really amazing. Yeah. And just I guess to keep. I'm going to add in another one. I'm going to go for one more gift before I move on to, to Fick. Um, Fruity Diaz has uh, their Supercut gift set, which I absolutely adore. So that's with Lord Song Supercut. It's a buddy one. Um, it just is amazing. Like the effects they used in that gift set, the scenes that they chose, um, especially their the effect that they have in the second gift where they like have split, they split Buck so he looks all distorted. It just looks amazing. So I'm obsessed with that one. They also have a really gorgeous gift set from the Boston episode, which I really, really like. Um, and I think they did a really good job with the colouring of that gift set. And I think it's perfect for the the tone of the episode. And I also think that the their choice of gifts really captures well the different moments within that episode. Um, I could go on because I have a massive, massive list of recommendations. And as I was saying to these guys, I've not been able to make any recommendations recently. Um, but I'll, um, because we've mentioned her several times in this and because she's on my list, I'm going to allow myself one more gift. I'm sorry. I know I said I was going to stop with gifts, <laughs> but because we've already mentioned Nova, Nova is also 
uh, a gift maker as well as behind doing the behind the scenes on her her account. So on her cat dad Eddie, she makes beautiful gifts. Uh, and I I just know her gifts on site. The minute I see it, before I even look at the name, I know it's one of her gifts. I don't know what she does it. There's some like magic she puts in them to make them so clear and something about the coloring. And I can just always tell that they're hers. And my favorite, my real favorite one of hers is the is her uh, sort of Eddie one where it's about sort of being late or the late for the love oh, of your life for one. Cleopatra. Yeah. yeah. By the Lumineers. Um, so I love that one. Uh, and then I also love her... Uh, the buck one which is about the begging for footnotes gift set as well so again I will link to these ones I always feel weird speaking about gifts on the podcast because it's like you can't tell what I'm talking about based <laughs> on my chat um, so then I was gonna as I say I will give a recommendation for some fic now because I have not been allowed to do that in so long basically because I banned myself from it so it's really only myself to blame for not being able to do any recommendations so can't complain too much um but one of the things I wanted to recommend that I I read recently and I really loved was I have had to deal with that by colonoscopies which is about (laughs) uh it was basically buck is five times buck holds back and one time he can't and I just really really loved that fic so I would absolutely 100% recommend that you go and read that one if you've not read that one already, because it was amazing. And it's a lot of strong pining on Buck's behalf, which I adore. Mm-hmm. I love a pining Buck. So this was a great pining Buck fic. Um, and then the other fic that I wanted to recommend was Smile to Hide the Truth by Falling Thorns. And I think I should say both colonoscopies and Falling Thorns are the same name on Tumblr. But again, I'll link but down below. And this, the Smile to Hide the Truth by Falling Thorns is one where uh, Eddie's getting married, but not to Buck. And Buck is trying not to be selfish, or literally it says, or the one where Eddie's getting married, but not to Buck. And Buck is not a selfish man. Is it so, the one with Jake? Uh, I can't remember if what the guy's name is, but... But it's a guy. Yes, it's okay, Jake. Then yeah. it's probably I started same reading one, that yeah. and I couldn't, it hurt too much <laughs> to keep reading. Can you tell that I like pining and angst in my <laughs> pick <laughs> so those are my recommendations uh apologies for recommending about 150 i know what's going to happen is that uh when i make the uh links list for this you'll be able to get it on the top the tumblr show notes but the show notes in the actual podcast will not allow me to put all these links in for the character <laughs> limit so if you are mm. listening to the podcast and you're trying to access the show notes from the podcast page you'll probably have to click on a link to go to the Tumblr notes because that's where I'm going to have to put all of this. <laughs> we promise that Tumblr isn't scary, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I think pretty be... much everybody that's listening to this found it via Tumblr anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I did find the fic that I was trying to remember. Oh, fabulous. It's, yeah. it's called Maybe We'll Make Something, which is the road yes. trip fic um, oh. that Buck takes Eddie and Chris to a road trip to El Paso, but on the way, they yeah. make a lot of stops and on the way back. I love that It one. is amazing. I have... I've also I learned so much from fix too. like especially you can tell whenever someone's done their research or they've been there or something like that. And like this was one of them where I'm like, this person read up on a lot of places if they're not from here. No, she's German. So, yeah. <laughs> well, wow. they did a fabulous job because I've done that like a similar road trip through um, through the West and incredible. Like I felt like I was there all over again. So. And there were some stops that I never even made. And, I, and now I'm thinking back, like, next time I do that, I need to stop there. So <laughs> great fic. Incredible fic. Right. Great. Excellent. So thank you all so, so much for coming on the podcast. It's been amazing to have you all. 
uh, and to hear about your thoughts on season five, uh, your hopes for season six, how you got into the fandom and also to get your recommendations. So yeah, I just can't thank you enough. Thank you yeah. so much for, Thanks having, for having us. Yeah, Thanks for hosting so this. Uh, this was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you had fun. I basically made this podcast because um, my sibling got sick of me trying to talk to them about <laughs> stuff. Uh, so it's nice for me to actually have, because I have no in real life, like friends in fandom at all. Like not even just this fandom, just any fandom. Uh, so I'm always like just chatting to, to my sibling and they're like, no, stop. Find, yeah. go find your your people elsewhere i bring it <laughs> so up to, this is really great. to my un- other online friends who are in fandoms just not this <laughs> fandom and i'm like i'm sorry i have to talk about my wee woo show again <laughs> <laughs> rachel i'm in the exact same boat as you so like listening to the podcast like i'm i'll even like I'll, i usually put it when i'm driving like i'll even like talk back like if i'm also <laughs> in the conversation like yeah i totally feel the same way <laughs> so i get it <laughs> Oh, that's lovely. Well, that's lovely to hear. So yeah, thank you very much. And uh, I will let us go now since this has been like three hours of recording. Amazingly. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh man. If you've made it to the end of this, <laughs> you are a trooper. Post um, strawberry emoji. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, if you found the podcast not via Tumblr, please let me know because I don't believe that any of you exist. So <laughs> if, if you did find it, not be a tumbler let me know strawberry emoji if you made it to the end uh yeah and i don't know pick a different emoji for <laughs> i'm gonna get emo- anybody that sends me an emo- emo- emoji now is gonna be uh <laughs> like just it's like a random emoji and if pick you, another fruit if you have feelings about destiel please come talk to me about them i have <laughs> i, I really want to talk to more people who are nine on one crossover with destiel like that's like i just <laughs> I need to talk to people who get it. <laughs> right, so so strawberry emoji for you made it to the end. Uh, is there a banana emoji? Is yes. that too far? And if you to come use? from another place in Tumblr, <laughs> if you come from another place, banana emoji. And uh, is there a kiwi emoji? I think yeah. there is kiwi emoji. If you are a Destiel person, <laughs> now you're just making me want like a smoothie. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. I will stop the recording now before we have to add in any more emojis. <laughs> All right. So that concludes episode six of Dispatch, a 911 podcast, and the last episode before the hiatus of the podcast. As I said at the beginning, all the links for the references made in this episode will be in the show notes, but you'll need to access the full show notes via the link in the podcast app show notes to find everything just due to the character limit. And I guess all I want to leave you with before the end of this episode and the beginning of the podcast hiatus is I hope you are as excited for the return of the show as me. I am literally vibrating with excitement. I can't go on Tumblr without freaking out about it. I'm so excited. I'm super nervous as well, but I'm mostly just so thrilled that the show is going to be back so soon and I cannot wait to see what's in store for us in season 6A. So until you hear from me again, I hope you're all having a wonderful time. I hope you have a wonderful time watching the show and thank you again for choosing to listen to the Dispatch podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to make this for you.